me not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're going to be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, and we chose this one. This is episode 28, Fast and Furious 6, Lap 3. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Conjure Cognac. Conjure, mm. our product, is manufactured by the largest independent family-owned cognac firm in the world. Since 1863, and through five generations of family members, Conjure has cultivated a single-minded passion for crafting great cognac with their own style. And that is, if I'm not mistaken, yes. uh, Ludacris's uh, cognac, right? It is, and there was a bottle of it in this film. Did you see it? I absolutely did. Yeah. There's also trivia about it that I it was not you know noteworthy enough to bring up later, but... I made note of mentally, so okay, it's all coming together, Joe. It's all coming together. Good. Uh, this is the best movie uh, that's ever been made. <laughs> it's the best Fast and Furious movie by default because of such. Mike's gonna be joining us a little bit later for the ride along lap, but before we get there, we've got some opening activities. I've cracked my bottle of Conjure Cognac. Do you have Ooh. yours? I have mine in my snifter. On the rocks. Yeah, Ooh, I'm going on the rocks yeah. here. Hold on. Can you hear it? Mm, that's yeah. that's nice, you know, sound effects. Mm-hmm. So the song Pass the Crevassier was about cognac, was it or was it not? I think Crevassier is a type of cognac, right? That's what I think. Cause in my head, they're combined. They're they're linked. I don't think I've ever drank cognac. Until ever. tonight, of course. Until tonight, yes. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I feel like, in my head, and this is uh, probably wrong, it's very expensive, which I just Googled, it's not. Not. And it's also... Mm, not for me. Well, I also don't drink hard liquor, really. Yeah, you don't. But it's also like, I feel like it's a very specific... What are you trying to say? How do I say this without being racist? It's for black people. <laughs> Traditionally, you know, uh, you know, in, you in know, the media. Oh, in, I know, in I know why, music. though. Do you know why? Mm-mm. I know exactly why, and I forget where I just read this, but I did. Because Hennessy was the first liquor that would buy ads in, like, Essence magazine. Oh, so they just like because all the, the other companies market. were racist and wouldn't yeah. put ads in like. Can you imagine being an ad exec in like the fifties or the sixties or whenever that was, and being so racist that you're like, "There's an entire untapped <laughs> market, but fuck you, we don't want your money." Can you imagine being that hateful and like vindictive a person? Be like that. All you have to do is just like not even a good ad. Just be like. Hey, here's our thing, and people be like, "Oh yeah, cool. Like that's for me now." Dude, yeah, it's crazy to but me. But just saying, "Fuck you," so bad that we don't even want you to possibly <laughs> drink this. God, people are so dumb. This They're isn't so that long dumb. ago, man. This is no. Like... <sighs> well, anyway, shout out Conjure Cognac for sponsoring this episode. Delicious. Uh, the official hard liquor of at least this episode of Too Fast Too Forever. Who knows? Yeah. First up, we have extracurricular. Activities now. This is you know again we we mentioned it last episode. Peek behind the curtain. We ha- we did not record. Like, There's not the full two weeks between recordings. It was no. like a little over one week. I've not done a ton of noteworthy stuff. I saw Captain Marvel. Oh, I did too. Liked it. Did you like it? I really liked it. I really liked it. Uh, you know, it's an origin. It's an origin story. It's uh you know without it's without another one of these Marvel movies, listeners. man. They're gonna be brain mush. Like I'm not super into them. Just to get it out there, like I like them for what they are. I'm not like you know going to see it 15 times in a theater or anything like that. Right. I did go see Captain Marvel opening weekend, though, so... We did talk about how uh, we both basically have a big crush on Brie Larson, that I've had a long-standing crush on Brie Larson. I love Brie Larson. That uh, Chris, Chris Podcasts, our guest uh, from the... Second Lap. Second Lap uh, Tokyo Drift episode, 
uh, would always refer to her as my waifu because he, I guess, likes Japanese things. I'm not yeah. sure. But that was, you know, the, the, the one that you cherish above all others or something like that. So. Yeah. Uh, she's great. I mean, I, I love her. So she was great in the movie too, dude. She was she's a great really character for it. So yeah, I was. I enjoyed that. But I do feel like by this point, you know, when when this episode comes out, like two and a half weeks after Captain Marvel came out, like if you wanted to see it, you probably already have seen it. Or if you're if you don't really care, you'll just wait for it on TV or whatever. Exactly. But, you know. Yeah. If you if you see were it. gonna see it, you probably saw it. Uh, and then I hung out with some friends this past weekend. The the more important thing, the you know, I have my fancy baseball draft next weekend, oh which God. is still going to be oh my God. before. <laughs> The next episode comes out, but I'll talk about it on the next episode. Oh, thank so. God, I was getting nervous. Oh no, it's uh, you know, it's it's going to be here. It's going to be at my house, so it's going to be a it's a very big deal. Awesome, um, that's cool though. But yeah, so I got some cool things coming up. But what about you? Anything you've done in the last like eight or nine days of I note? Don't, I don't think I've really done anything of note. No. I'm just prepping because, as we mentioned, I'm going on vacation next mm-hmm. week, which is why we're recording early, so I'll hopefully have lots of cool things to talk about when I come back, and also maybe some fun Fast and Furious adjacent kind of things to talk about, too. I know at least one of those, so yeah, yeah absolutely. So hopefully, you know, come back next episode for where our lives are not as, they, like, not, I, I've had a fine weekend two or three days, it's just, you know, Yeah, like things that I did, mentioning. like, um, Rachel got another flat tire, so I, like, <laughs> Plug the tire, put it back Who is on. She, me? Yeah, you get a I bunch get, of flat tires too. I get so many flat tires, and I don't really drive. Yeah, I don't know. she drives all the time now for work. So like, yeah. And a cool thing in her, she's at the Jack Daniels factory right now. Not to step on. Oh, that was tonight. Toes okay. At all. Yeah, but she's at the mm-hmm. Jack Daniels factory. So yeah, I remember that. So, well, shout out Rachel. Uh, maybe Rachel will be on the next lap. I think. I think we might bring her. We might have to call in the, the lefty out of the bullpen. Is she lefty? She is a lefty. She is. On the lefty out of the bullpen. Although, now that baseball, you give me shit for how much I like baseball or how much I talk about baseball or whatever. But you've watched more baseball this year than I have because I've watched zero so far. But I don't know if you've kept up with the, the changing rules. But they have. I said that they, I heard that two... they mentioned them, but I didn't know what they were. Are you going to tell me? So the one the, the one of, of note that I'm mentioning right now is that you could, if you bring a pitcher in, I think it's either this year or next year, okay. whenever they're rolling it out. Uh, the pitcher has to face three batters. That's so a good rule. So there used to be these guys called loogies, L-O-O-G-Y, left, left-handed, left one-out guy. Guy, I think, something like that. Okay. So basically, it's like a lefty specialist who would come in and get one one out, like face one batter. Oh, this is, this drives me nuts. As, like, yeah. as a casual person that yep. might watch baseball, this drives me bananas because it's like, okay, stop the game, bring mm-hmm. a pitcher out, let him warm up. Okay, he strikes out one guy. It's like, okay, stop the game. Bring another pitcher out. Yeah, yep. it's useless. I, I'm so happy about this rule. That's cool. So basically, and then we talked about this, not on the podcast, but on Facebook and stuff, that like baseball's number one goal is to make the game faster, make it more yeah, enjoyable to watch. Make people exactly and so it's you know they're, they're cutting down time between innings they're getting rid of this they're doing other stuff that basically is just like hey let's try to get the game from being like an hour average of like three hours and seven minutes to maybe an average of three hours or whatever you know what i mean like and see yeah. if you could get it to two and a half that's like oh, a normal hockey game is like two and a half right like with no overtimes yep. Yep. and like if it like has a lot of stoppage it's three Baseball starts at three, and then you get, like, extra innings and shit like that. The game was going, yeah, too long, man. Every once in a while when you have, like, a pitcher's duel or something, oh it's like a, a tight, like, two-hour, six-minute game. It's like, why is this not the why is this not the norm? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so uh, shout-out baseball. Opening day actually going to happen. There's, like, the Japanese series next week. There's a series in Japan that's, I think, oh, Oakland and Seattle or something. Um, and then, you know, April sometime for actual opening day. So we'll be talking about that cool. in later episodes. But... First, or next up, we have Patreon, which is patreon.com slash 2Fast2Forever. 
Go there if you want to kick in a couple bucks, say hi, whatever you want to do. Help us support this quote-unquote art. Art. And just, you know, let us know that you, you love us. Art Vandalay. So, art, what, who is Art Vandalay? It's George's alter ego. It's his... On Seinfeld? Yeah. He's Art Vandalay. Because there is, or was, a burrito or something at Moe's Southwest Grill that was named the Art Vandalay. Maybe it was a quesadilla? Yeah, he's, he's in ex- imports and exports. Or he was a latex well. salesman. Or an architect. Well, that, just, that just makes Moe's even cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have, so before we get to the mailbag, we'll do the review check, which is our, you know, if you, so, okay, so here we say this every time. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Go in ahead. case somebody is listening to this episode for the first time, yeah. welcome, number one. Glad you chose number this as the first one. Good choice out of Absolutely. all of them. I don't know why you did, but. The sixth one in lap. I mean, maybe they're <laughs> just like, let me just check out the most recent episode. Cool. Oh, these guys are talking about baseball on the Fast and Furious podcast. I'll yeah. keep listening. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So if you don't want to, or you don't have the money, or you, you know, whatever, don't want to support us on Patreon, which is totally fine, because we know that we're not going to make a living off this, you can go to iTunes, or Google Play, or Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. I'm going to go to iTunes right now, Joe. Let's check it we out. We have 13 reviews, that all five stars, but same as last nothing time. new. Nope. Yep, so the same thing. Cool. This is so go this is going to turn into the 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 boy do we have podcast for you game real quick. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. What I can say though, what we do have for sure is some new email. Okay, we have an email address here in the show: family at cageclub.me. Write in, let us we know what the episode. You know, check in if you've already checked in. If you're a new fan, say hi. Whatever you want to do, let us know your rankings. Let's see what we got. So first up, I got excited when I saw this because I was like, oh shit. And then I realized it was spam. Um, but it's from Patreon. It. And it says, Adult Sugar mm. replied to your comment. Oh, who's Adult Sugar? Back in December, I posted a link to our episode that we did with Kim Basine from Bloomberg. Yes. And I just said, you know, we we're joined by Kim Basine, blah, blah, blah. Adult Sugar just commented on that months later and just said, Nice. nice. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So their Patreon is an 18 plus only Patreon, patreon.com slash adult sugar. Um, so I'm going to put this in That's, here, Joe, if you want to take a look at it. Is that kind of like an OnlyFans page, or like what? Adult Sugar is cre- are creating hottest content ever. Oh, so damn. They have That's a fucking patrons. claim. Um, hottest content just ever? All of their content is hidden. So it is the internet. I feel like the, I feel like with porn on the internet, you need the drug dealer approach. Like, you need to give a little bit. What do you mean? You need to get them hooked. Like, I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not going to support Adult Sugar flat out. There's, I don't have a taste. How am I? I'm just supposed to blindly support this person. I also have a feeling like this is someone that. Oh no! There's Patreon.com/slash/AdultSugar on the first thing. I have a feeling like this is someone that's like stealing cam girl content. Oh. And like reselling it is what like I'm. The fat Jewish of instead of jokes, cam girls. Yeah, that's been like a big thing on the in the Twitterverse yeah. the past couple of months. So. Yeah, that sucks. So, uh, well, shout out Adult Sugar. Thank you for writing have... in. 13 Patreons, but cool. I know, but that's still 12 more than we do, so we can't... Yeah, I'm not talking shit on it, I'm just saying, like, Maybe if you're, we should pivot. you're selling nudes, like, and you only got 13, like, it's pretty... I mean, we're not slinging nudes out here. If I was yes. selling dick pics, I would hope that I have at least 13 subscribers. Uh, I would set the price real low, but I'm saying, like, I would want 13 subscribers. Okay, okay. Well, uh, write in family at cageclub.me, would you subscribe to that? Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll just change the, 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 the nature of our Patreon. Totally pivot. Next email is from Cassie Wilson. Shout out Cassie Wilson, especially oh, hello, Patreon. Cassie. You know, I, I don't say it every time. I should say it every time because that is what she's paying for. But shout out Cassie Wilson. Thank you for being our uh, lone, true patron over there. She says, hey, guys. 
Hi, Cassie. Oh, subject line, catching up. Catch up. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I've been trying to catch up on lap three. Currently listening to Fast and Furious episodes of number four. Okay. I've been really busy with work, and I'm mad I missed my chance to send in my FF4 hot take. If you remember, last lap she wrote in a thing that says she's got this you know, idea about Fast and Furious number I four. Do. I do remember. Go ahead. She says, hope this gets to y'all before FF6 recording, which it did. Did. Because I just realized my take can apply to this movie, too. Okay. She says, so the first time I watched FF4, I was so sad and mad that Letty died after the great opening scene. Everyone was. Yeah, I agree. I know. I read that whole movie as... Uh, not just Dom trying to figure out what happened and then trying to finish Letty's job to get freedom. I read the whole movie as Dom on a revenge mission. The entire arc of his character, to me, was him doing whatever it took to kill the people who killed Letty. True. And not just that, about halfway through the movie, I remember saying, uh, is Dom trying to kill himself? He was making bad, dumb decisions and not working with Brian or sticking to the plan, which makes me think he didn't care about a pardon. He was ready to go at any time because his girl was gone. So, like, when he set off the bomb, when he got stu- when he got in Phoenix's face, and when he was jumping cars in the cave and driving, su- driving super reckless. It's kind of like a like a Romeo and Juliet type thing. Yeah. yeah. This is different in the Dom character because after the first movie, he was playing very scared. When he gets to the U.S., he suddenly is not scared of cops or getting caught or seemingly his life. This is also confirmed for me when the, the conversation with Mia before they go to Mexico, when she says something along the lines of, he's not coming back and it's the last time she'd see her brother. So I think this is what she's talking about, like, Dom, you know, le- at the beginning of the movie, leaves, he, like, he doesn't want... Letty to die, and then all of a sudden he gets to America and just is acting different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a different character altogether. She's interesting to know what y'all think of my hot take. Can't wait to catch up and get back on schedule. And she says, P.S. Oh, this is actually really cool. P.S. Not sure if y'all are aware, but Vin Diesel periodically does hashtag Toretto Tuesday, often captured Ooh. Happy Toretto Tuesday. I know you release episodes on Tuesdays, so this hashtag would be perfect for the podcast and might draw in Fast and Furious fans that click on the hashtag when Vin posts. Very good idea. So I've already reached out to uh, Dan Colon, who does our morning Fast and Furious tweets and the the morning, all the the notes. I said, put this in there. I'm going to put it on Instagram. You know, shout out Cassie. That's a that's good looking out. That's a good idea. Yeah, good, good tip. tip. Thank you. We appreciate it. So Cassie's saying, you know, Dom leaves Letty, and I guess in his mind, he's leaving Letty forever, right? Like he's just like, I think, or that, at least for a while. I think that it's yeah that, but I also think that it's the like, I can relate to this in a sense that you know he loves Letty so much that if she's not there, his life has no meaning type situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it's a lot of that, and we do see that a lot. Like whenever she's not around, he's like super reckless, which is something that I never pieced together. But he is like he's way more reckless when she's not there. Like as soon as she's there, he's like, "We need to do this by the book and like have a good plan and all this shit." Where like yeah. otherwise, he's just like, "We'll fucking wing it," and you know, I'm gonna be a dickhead for this movie so and i think she is right in that it also kind of applies to this movie because he's a little reckless in like whatever i need to do to get her back because i know that she's alive again i'm going to do and what i do like and i I think this is kind of unrealistic but also perfectly fits in with the world and actually i don't think it was my pick for most family moment when we did it last lap but in this movie when they capture owen shaw right like in the scene where gina carano turns heel and leaves with him yes you know they call or they say why don't you call mia and they and brian calls mia and it's you know shaw's men are with her exactly yeah and hobbs is like we're gonna let her go like i feel like hobbs saving mia and elena 
in spite of like and letting like this most dangerous wanted criminal go, is kind of the most family mo- family moment of the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's we firmly established that now the Rock is like part of the team because yep. he's even skeptical of them at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. when Gina Carano is like, you know, do you trust these guys? And he's like, I don't know. We'll find out. You know, like so he's like he he knows that he's part of their camp now. Yeah, good yeah. point. So I think that was a very family moment for Hobbs. Um, and I got some more thoughts about Hobbs and The Rock as an actor, and especially as it relates to Vin Diesel and Dom. We'll get to that either, you know, in New Lap Observations or also in the full episode. But, yeah. Yeah, Cassie, I think that's a really good, you know, I we talk a lot about how Letty's not in these movies a ton, but it, it is... It feels like she to, is, but she's really not. It feels like she is. But also, you know, even though she's not in the fourth and she's you know, against the family in this one. So she's totally not in the fifth, right? I, my brain puts her in the fifth every time. No, she's just in that post-credit, like she's in the picture in the post-credit scene. Yeah, but she's but not in the fifth movie at all. What Cassie points out is, you know, worth noting is that, like, she's not here, but everything Dom's doing is because of her, one way or the other, yeah, right? Yeah, she's, so. she's definitely the whole arc of this, this three-movie set. So. Yeah, whether he is uh, pulling his Hannibal and, you know, recreating crime scenes or his, you know, Sherlock Holmes yeah. in, in Fast and Furious 4 True. or doing whatever it takes to get her back in this one. It's, it's, she drives the, she drives the emotion. Drives is like the wind blows. Drives like the wind blows. Okay. Next email, Joe. Yes. New fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Bring him aboard. Justin Kleinman writes in. So hello, Justin. He hello, says, Justin. love, subject line, loving the podcast. Good. Be Shut awkward up. if you so send nice. us a hate email. I mean, I I well, no, want you, them. You beg for hate emails. I beg for them, but it would be it would be really awkward if Joey had to read it. I would. I I still want a true one, but go ahead. Be like, fuck you guys. I never want to hear your voices again. You suck. Like, okay. Cool. What we need to do, I think, and not that we ever have plans to start another podcast. I think it's where this is ride or die. Like this is it. You know, forever. Yeah. But I think to really get a hate email. We, if we ever start a new email, we have to go real, or a new podcast, we have to go real, real hard on the first episode. Because I feel like people are, people are always going to come on in the most recent episode, but people also might start at the beginning. And so if we really, if people, you know, like early in the episode, if we're like, hey, we want hate email, and they hate the show, then they might write in. But True. I feel Good like, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever into this episode, uh, it's episode Way 28, it's in the, the middle thing. of lap three, yeah. like, no one's going to write us a hate email. Although... Maybe you're hate listening. I don't know. Family at Cage Club. Me. <laughs> write it uh, in, man. Just Don't say hi it. and just say hate. Whatever. Yeah. Hey everyone, says Justin. I've really been enjoying the podcast. I discovered it about a month ago, and I've been binging it, and now I'm all caught up. So that's a lot of. That's you know, an, that's an very impressive. Day. You know, that was at a furious rate. I, and fa- <laughs> fast and furious. It, why not? I was wait. I was trying to give you the alley oop. I have so much I want to say, but perhaps I'll keep it short since I have infinite opportunities to email you all again, which... Definitely do. Yeah, as you've learned. I'll start with my rankings. And actually, this made me... uh, A while ago, like, back in lap two, I was writing down everybody's, you know, rankings. Yeah. And then I sort of got away from it. So I started doing a little bit. I was bringing some in here. By the end of the lap, I want to, you know, ask... On the the Fade the Furious episode, I want to ask Mike again for his final rankings on our tune-up. I'm gonna get our new rankings, Ours, and then yeah. I'm gonna, you know, officially do the, you know, the the official rankings again. Yes. But I'm gonna go back and listen to the people who I know that had seen every episode or every movie, and get their takes. So, okay. here's Justin's number eight, Fate of the Furious. He still says still bothers me that it wasn't marketed F8 of the Furious. Okay. Which, yeah, fair. Yeah. Number seven, Fast and Furious. So number four. Number six, The Fast and the Furious, the OG, which that's kind of low, but you that's know, really, yeah, that's low. Their own. I also do feel like 
his list overall is sort of in line with mine. Okay. And we'll, we'll, as we get higher. Number five, Tokyo Drift. Okay. Number four, Furious 7. He said, I once heard See You Again start playing on the speakers at the gas station while I was filling up, and I started crying. Which, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That, I can relate, man. That's really cool. Oh, one thing I do want to say is that at our fantasy baseball draft, everybody, because we we do it all in person, and we have mm-hmm. two and a half minutes per pick, and we have like this whole like uh, you know arrangement and everything, and everybody gets a draft song. So when they're when they're their clock when when they're on the clock, their song plays. Yeah, you, you make the pick. The only song I know so far, and any like four, the only one I'm going to do so far is Danza Kaduro because I just want to have that like energy. I want to get you know get excited. Make oh, a yeah. pick, make a it's good a pick. It's a hype pick song. I might do all four Fast and Furious songs. I don't know. I'll we'll check back in if I remember on the yeah. next episode. But for sure, Danza Kaduro locked in. It's a great song. I've not. I don't think I've heard "See You Again" in the wild. But I. I don't know. Like if I got if I just got caught off guard by that, like yeah, that would not be good. I don't know. Like what? Who's playing "See You Again"? Like. I guess it has to be like some random radio station, right? Kind of approachable hip hop because it's melodic. It's an Oscar nominated song. It's, yeah, but it's, it's sad. Like it's sad as fuck. I know. Uh, yeah, who knows? Okay. Number three, too fast, too furious. He says, over the last year, I've just kept coming back to it and have so much fun with it. So that's we love it. I agree. Very high. I, I really like it. But I was like, that's you know, it's really high. Yeah. Shout out number that's two, fast one. five, and number one, fast and furious six. So this movie, welcome aboard, Justin. You have written in for the exact right time. Your favorite movie. Hopefully, we do it justice. Hopefully, we do it justice. If not, try again next time. He says, now a few random thoughts. I really enjoyed the shows where you had women guesting. They brought some great different perspectives to the show, which I agree. Yes, um, I agree, too. Which, lap five is going to be all Cara Gale O'Regan. She is of the Wistful Thinking podcast. She's never seen any of these movies, so that's going to be a wildly different perspective. Yeah, um, woman and never seen any of the movies. She's actually saving herself for us. I, I do want to, I just feel like, these movies, I don't, I don't like. I also so number one, I don't know a lot of people who have seen all the eight movies, like men or women. You know what I mean? I feel like we've kind of tapped a lot of those people, but I would love to have more, you know, more women, more even more ones that haven't seen all of them. Doesn't matter, man. Especially the early ones. Like I want to, I want to make a conscious effort. So I want to bring Rachel on. I want to bring in if, if Liam wants to come back. I want to bring him on with Amanda, who is his co-host on that new Criterion Crack yes. podcast. Try to have like three or four episodes a lap where. You know, we have a female voice, because yeah. even when Aislinn bullies you into maybe not liking a movie, uh, it's it's at least nice to have a different perspective. I agree. I read once that Corona was never courted or paid for product placement. Rob Cohen just used it, because it's what the people in the scene drank. So, that's cool. I wonder if he means, like, that's what the actors wanted to drink, or if that's what no, the No, I think characters... it's like the, the racing scene. Like, the racing scene. Like, people who, like, actual, like, tuner scene. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That's cool. That makes I sense. Think, I mean, I guess I guess it could be read as like that's what Don, that's what Vin Diesel wanted to drink, but I feel like just more like that's true and authentic to the culture, the especially LA. since Rob Cohen, yeah. yeah, in the first movie, wants to sort of make it as like appeal to that demographic, be like, oh shit, they even got that right. Like, look at the details. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something that as as non street racers, I I don't know if it's true or not, but I believe it. You know what I mean? Like. I didn't see Coronas. It was like, oh, damn, street racer drinks. Thank you for not being shy talking about the disturbing Rob Cohen news. I'm curious as to why you haven't mentioned the reports that came out regarding Paul Walker and his ex, Jasmine Pritchard Gosnell. I don't know And the discovery that she was just 16 when they started dating when he was 33 years old, which I feel like we maybe knew. I think, like... I think in I I Am Paul Walker, we we heard it or talked about it. There's so many actors. He says, before her, he dated another girl, Aubriana Atwell, who was also just 16 at the time. Disappointing news to be read for sure. Yeah, that's not great. 
It's not. It's it's not it's not something that I condone. I think that there's a huge maturity age gap in people in general. Like you know, eighteen to twenty one is a huge age gap for me. Yeah. Like that's like just a way different emotional place. To be like in. I just I feel like you know whether you're say starting college, finishing college finally get a real job, finally get your first apartment. Like, all these things are, like, a couple years apart, but, like, there's so much, like, living on your own or, like, you know, actually having a real job where you can support yourself or, like, you know, like, looking to buy a house or getting, like, a relationship. Like, like, whatever it is, like, there are a while... And I I know that, you know, there's there's a scale and people vary and, like, you can be the most mature person in the world. You can be 18 years old or whatever, but I agree. Like, just just life experience and, like, what you... Especially, like... Even, like, stupid stuff, like, pop culture references. Like, how do you connect with somebody who's, like, half your age? Like, you just grew up with different shit. Like, I don't... I don't get it. I told you the story that one night we were... One of my friends has has a younger girlfriend who's of age. It's, you know, they're totally fine. I know of this person. Yes. And one night we were playing Cards Against Humanities, and she pulled a card, and it was Snick at night, and she said, what is Snick? And the whole room just went quiet. Well, like, you know, at a wedding... (laughs) That we went to uh, last year, my friend brought a date, and uh, she did not know that The Rock was a movie, uh, and we all gave her shit. She's like, "The Rock's not a movie," and we're like, uh, "What?" The, yeah, The Rock. And you know, it, The Rock is one of my friend's favorite movies, and I was just like, "Oh, this is not going to work out," and it did not work out. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a great end to that story. Not because of that, but it was just like, a, "Oh, these are this is not meant to be." On the note of the you know weird dating age gap, yeah, I saw you know. Uh, the Michael Jackson documentary just came out. I've not Kelly. watched it yet, so no spoilers. No spoilers. I know what, I I know, I know what the, the premise is that they interviewed two people who alleged that he uh, assaulted them or yes. sexual, like sexually abused them while they yeah. grew up. There was that, and then you know we had just we just had the R. Kelly one. Did you watch mm-hmm. the Lifetime one? No, That's I know awesome. about it. I also saw uh, highlights of his interview. Yes, um, with Gail King. Yeah. Whew. Anyways, so people were talking about this online, and one of the comments was, "Why haven't we canceled?" Woody Allen yet. I think we kind of tried to. I just think that, like... You know the whole Woody Allen thing, that he, like, course. is married to his stepdaughter, mm-hmm. and, like, how fucking weird is that? And stepdaughter it's just, or step-granddaughter? Like, stepdaughter. Okay. Who's very, very young compared to him, but, right. yeah. And it's just, like, it's a weird thing, man. I It's something that I wouldn't do. It's something that I don't condone, but at the same time, it's, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. But I also want to go back to... Going back to Justin's email for a second, like... Go ahead. Dating a 16-year-old, not great when you're 33, but I also don't want to compare it to the horrific things that Rob Cohen... I know he was just sort of lumping the two things in there, but, like, yes, dating an underage fi- girl and psychologically and sexually abusing a child uh, <sighs> for years... People would argue uh, it's not far off, man, but I don't we don't know. know. We don't know. Yeah, I wasn't in either of these places to make full judgment. So he says, I don't want to end on a downer, so I've attached a few picks for mm-hmm. you that I took when I visited LA and saw the Toretto House Diner and ate at Neptune's Net. Keep up the great work. I look forward to listening forever. And he's, he's from Minneapolis. So shout out, Justin. Hopefully, maybe, maybe you're a Vikings fan just like me. So uh, Skull Vikings. But, uh, you know, that's if you are, I'm so sorry. Minneapolis uh, is dope. It's, it's not a really great. cool city. Was, so here are some, some pictures that I'm putting okay. in here right now. Um, so the first one is of uh, Toretto's Meat Market, which is now Bob's Market, or Toretto's, Toretto's Cafe, right? God, I want to go there so bad. This next one that I'm putting I in like here. I like the water machine out front, or the water, of, like, you know, the, vending the machine. The refill station or whatever? Yeah. That's going to be our party. That's which is where our party is going to be in exactly. uh, eight years. Exactly. One, three, two, seven. So hopefully that's on Airbnb, or otherwise we're going to have to, you know... That's what the, okay, so that's what the Patreon's for, guys. If you want to set up a party in eight years, that's for that. And then here's a picture of... 
it looks like him and maybe his family yeah. uh, eating at Toretto's Cafe. So I want to go yeah. there. No, this is cool it. This picture. is Neptune. This is Neptune's, uh, Neptune's net. Sorry, ne- yeah. him and his family eating at Neptune's net, which you know we talked about recently. That was in a whole bunch of movies. Point Break. This Dude, you know, the first movie. We uh, need to Iron do. Man we need 3. to do a Point Break fucking detour. Oh yeah, I think so. I was also, I, you know, I was re- I was moving some stuff around. Like when I was looking at the rankings before condensing some documents into one, and I was like, oh, we have all these pit stop ideas. Yeah. Um, we got to figure out. I, I sort of don't want to. I don't want to slow down from one of these every two weeks, so maybe we just add another movie in every once in a while. Who knows? But yeah, who knows? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to put too much on our plates. But yeah. hockey season is coming to an end, so maybe there's more time, or we we'll figure June. it out. Yeah, nothing but time. Nothing but time. So shout out Justin. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for writing in. We love hearing from new fans. So if you want to write in again, do it. If not, that's okay too. But check in sometimes. Otherwise, I'm going to wonder where you went. Family at cageclub.me. Just let us know you're still listening. Um, we see the download numbers, but I don't know who actually listens. downloads. So or listens, yeah, yeah. Last email from Wes Han and Giselle Forever. What up, fam? Yes, this was a Google suggestion. So thank you, Wes, for continuing <laughs> to fight that good fight and let Google write your emails for you. Excellent new lap observations. Last episode, Fast Five is such a classic. It's hard to go wrong talking about that movie. I'm rushing this one because it's been kind of hectic around here with South by Southwest, which, by oh, the way, true. my I sister's forgot. living in Austin, you know, as, as I think I've talked about, and, like, she is living her best life. Let me just tell <laughs> you, uh, her work bought her a badge, and she is having That's the awesome. greatest week and a half. And she's just sending me all these, like, snaps, and her Instagram's great, and just, like, go, she's doing stuff for work, but she's also seeing all these concerts and, like, That's cool. all these events and everything, and, like, she's just having a great time. So. I saw a really funny meme the other day that was, like, how long does a girl have to live in Austin before she can complain about South by Southwest? Oh, well, I mean, I was complaining, I mean, I'm not a girl, but I was complaining the kind of the first yeah. year, because only because everything gets so expensive, and the only thing that really bothered, the only, the one thing that bothered me the most Go ahead. was that... The Alamo Draft House Ritz, which is on Sixth Street, which I'm sure Wes knows, which is where I used to go to Terror Tuesday and Weird Wednesday. It's like this down. It's downtown. It's there's only two screens. It's where they have special events. It's where they have you know it's just a regular movie theater though otherwise. Okay. And every Tuesday and every Wednesday they would have like a three dollar movie that they would just show like a bad horror movie or an exploitation movie or whatever. It was cool. It was like great. It was curated. They have a host really into it. Talk about it. There was a parking lot behind the theater. Uh oh, Alamo Draft House parking was, lots. Oh yes, mm-hmm. but this is not owned by the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> okay, but yes. just um, you got but I would recognize that by by sight because it's very <laughs> slanted, and I've parked there a lot. Good. Uh, norm- it used to be three dollars to park there at night, then it became five dollars, which is still fine. I go there once during South by just to go to Terror Tuesdays. Like, yeah, fifty bucks to park. I was like, go fuck yourself. Fifty dollars to park? Yeah, because it's right downtown. Like, you can go from oh. anywhere. But I was just like, fuck off. Like, that's ridiculous. And so that was the one time I was like. South by, like, you, you can go screw. And also, you know, taking an Uber to the airport used to cost me, like, $20, $25. And an Uber during South by was $120. And I was just like, Ugh. what? It's just, like, little things like that. Like, I don't mind because yeah, Austin's already overcrowded. Always, like, things are always going on. Like, I don't mind the extra people. I, like, you know, when I was living there, I loved living in a place where things were happening. Like, that's why I moved there. It was just, like... Why are you gouging just because you can? Like, it doesn't seem Because you can. Ethical. You, this is I your know, one know, chance to do it, man. That's why. That's the only time I ever complained about South By. But yes, you know, there's there's all sorts of reasons to complain about it. But anyway, shout out Wes. I hope you're enjoying South By. He says, also, getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. Plus, True. my work is on a shutdown next week, which means I've been extra busy getting ready to be off for a week. Here are my new Dope. episode observations. We can high five on vacation together. I, that's something that I've noticed. I don't, I don't think I talked about it in here, but I love taking a week off work. But it also, what I hate about it, 
is that the week before and the week you're doing after two weeks of work, right? <laughs> and the week after, yeah. You're also doing two weeks of work. Like you're somehow like you're doing more work because you went away. <laughs> I agree, but man. He says, first off, hi Jenny. Nice to get a shout out from another super fan. Hopefully we can meet up in twenty twenty seven at the barbecue at Dom's house. Well, patreon.com slash too fast too forever. Let's make it a reality. We're gonna do it. We are. The always sunny Patty's Pub exterior I mentioned last episode is actually a pretty commonly used exterior in LA. Showing up at a bunch of shows like Parks and Rec, Sons of Anarchy, The League, Criminal Minds, etc. So I maybe it doesn't say Patty's Pub, it might just be the outside of the bar, but... Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I feel you on misspelling Hobbs. I spelled with the extra E for a long time. Even now, I need to remind myself to leave it off. Yes, it's it's just habit, man. Sorry. And, like, nobody sees what I type besides Joey anyways. I know, but you I still... Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying Hobbes when I say it, so... Hobbes. Yeah. That's uh, the Spanish Hobbs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of names, you talked about Giselle not being named in this movie. I'm pretty sure she isn't named until the sixth movie. Wow. So if you didn't watch the credits, so that's two movies with an unnamed Gal Gadot. So. Wow. So I like that she doesn't have a name until she dies. Shout out. Rest yeah, where's, where's, where's Giselle? Where's Giselle at, String? Where's oh Giselle at? Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to get to the commentary lap because Justin Lin's commentary on the train stunt sequence is wild. All I'll say is it just proves how even massive multi-million dollar films have to get creative and cross their fingers that something that things will work out sometimes. And I have a little bit of trivia about this movie and a stunt in here that we'll get to when we get to when Mike joins us a little bit. But okay, you know Justin Lin, we talked about last episode, really wants to make the the practical happen as opposed to CGI. And yes, I guess yeah. you know we'll find out, but maybe maybe they have to get lucky. So whatever whatever happened, we will find out eventually. Uh, it worked out well because it was beautiful. True. You talked a little about how you feel like Reyes was a step down from Sonny Chiba's villain in Tokyo Drift, but I don't think that's necessarily true. We don't really know the extent. Oh, I think he's talking about like hierarchically. Remember, he said yeah. like Chiba, Sonny Chiba is like the top, and then he's Reyes is sort of in the middle somewhere. We don't really know the extent of Sonny Chiba's pull, and it might be hard to compare because their organizations run differently. True. But consider the fact that it's made very obvious that Reyes runs the entire city including the entire police force, except one cop, apparently, Elena, ah, yeah. and not in a secretive backroom deal way. He is king of Rio in all but name. Plus, Sonny Chiba wasn't really the, the villain of Tokyo Drift. He just stepped in when his nephew couldn't handle his business. I will say Sonny Chiba's character is a much more intimidating figure to me, though, and I'm going to add that Sonny Chiba is just fucking badass. Like, he's just yeah, he's really so. cool anyways, yeah. In my mind... Uh, he's he's the he's the top he's the big bad. Yeah. What if like you know because Mike we, we talked about last episode we'll talk about him t- again tonight about how like Braga is linked to Shaw is linked to Cipher right and like there's all this stuff but what if like in ten or whatever the last one in like the main franchise is like we just, it all comes back to Sunny Chiba it's just like <laughs> it's this him is where, the whole time you know is he still alive I'm sure, I think he is right I think so Sunny Chiba. Yeah, he's 80 years old. He just turned 80, but he's still alive, so... He'd be pretty badass if, if he was, man. Yeah, I want them to come back and be, like, even... Like, from the beginning, they were slinging, you know, f- camera. It was, like, all God's Eye in prep. Like, the DVD players were just, like, part of God's Eye somehow to, like, wire all the homes with DVD players or something. Just full circle. Bring it all together. It's all family or something. One one family, yep. I always thought it was just a weird oversight that Tej talks about wanting to open a garage when we know he had one back in 2F2F, but now, in light of considering Fast and Furious as a proper sequel to the Fast and Furious, you can look at it as Justin Lin just completely ignoring that 2F2F ever happened. Ah. Other than explaining a little bit of Bryna Roman's backstory, throwing at 2F2F solves more problems than it causes, or maybe Justin Lin hated it so much 
he just gave up watching it halfway through and had no idea Tej had a garage. Which, <laughs> that would be such a weird move, like a, such a weird power trip, but yeah. That'd be pretty badass, man. That's something that I could see myself doing. If I got to a point where like they were like, okay, we want you to do this movie, and you're just like so badass, you'd be like, ah, fuck it, I'm not even going to watch the first one. <laughs> I don't have an hour 45. Who, who are you kidding? Exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. Wes says, excellent celeb guessing game. It was appropriately uncomfortable listening to Mike squirm for the whole game. I guessed A-Rod pretty quickly on that last one. But to be fair, I'm not a sports guy and even less of a baseball guy. So I really only know the like two baseball players, which I guess came in handy this time, which was our whole point. Like we're that just was, like, yeah, it was a really know easy one. And Mike is. knows baseball. Like if you don't, if so, okay. So if you don't know base, and yeah, Mike's nephew loves baseball. Like he's, he talks all the time about how his nephew like knows all the baseball players, talks to him all the time about yeah. baseball, whatever. But if you don't know baseball, you know, A-Rod, you know, Derek Jeter, you probably know yeah. Barry Bonds, maybe Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa just from that one year. Yeah. Sammy you know, Sosa. Years ago. The and weird. then, that's like that's you know if you don't know more than that like I understand like there's probably a handful more that I'm missing like you maybe yeah. maybe Mariano Rivera maybe wherever you Babe are Ruth. you know some local hero <laughs> yeah historically sure you know A Rod like A Rod transcends the sport in terms of fame yeah he's, and he's, he's just like, like I don't know Bernie Williams is like no Mike come on <laughs> yeah love you Mike do we do man it was so funny though oh god it was he says that's really it for this painful. episode I've got a car for you below. Hopefully this one will be a little tougher than last week's. Keep up the good work, and as always, stay furious, Wes. So we'll come back to that one later. Drive like but the wind, shout out, Wes. Thank you, Wes, for writing in. Email, anybody wants to email, family at cageclub.me. We'll read at the top of the episode. Next time, you have you basically have two and a half weeks to write in. Yeah, you got um, time. We'll talk on the Furious 7 episode, or David Furious, or Pit Stop, or Next Lap, or whenever. So or... just, you, know. you forgot the most important one. Well, we don't do mail on uh, You Are My Lifeline, Lifespan. You're my lifespan. Oh, God, I can't wait. I'm dying to know what happened in Chapter 3. Okay. Well, we never got into Chapter 2 yet. We didn't? We only did one? No, we just did one. It was so long ago. We only did one. I know. I think I, I, I read ahead, so I know what happens in Chapter 2. Oh, okay. cheater, cheater, cheater. All right. I need to uh, read ahead streets. to prep anyways. So, okay. God. It's fine. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't care. I could <laughs> I not care less if you read ahead in that, but okay. On the streets. So, I look back. At the news, and I didn't find anything. I did find one thing I want to talk about. So, GameSpot, the video game website, oh. did all 11 Fast and Furious titles, not movies, titles, ranked by how awesome they are. And I was like, 11? That's weird. So, here's the intro. Okay. There's a new Fast and Furious movie coming to theaters this year, kind of. Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham have their own spin off in the curious title Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. That got me thinking about the rest of the franchise and some of the ridiculous names it puts to work. With eight other movies and even a couple of theme park attractions, the Fast and Furious series doesn't exactly follow the rules of what to call sequels. It pretty mm. regularly swings for the creative fences, which I would not agree. Like, I, I already find the premise of this flawed. Like, love the movies. The titles are not great. No, they're, they're all kind of Fast and Furious related. They're not super creative. Sometimes it's a home run. Other times, though, it's just plain bad. How bad, you wonder? I'm glad you asked. Given my... This is, this is bullshit. This is some real bullshit right here. Given my self-proclaimed status as the foremost Fast and Furious franchise expert on this planet, nope. Uh, I'm calling I, you out right now here, Chris E. I don't think you're in the top ten. I don't think I'm, I'm in the top ten. You... But just in terms of people, you've probably seen the movies more, Wes has seen the movies more, and I'm probably up there... 
We're going to get there one day, brother. I'll drag you up by your collar. I've deeply examined the catalog of films in the series and ranked the titles myself. So he's like, I looked at the movies, and then I just looked at their titles, and here's the ranking of the titles. So Cool. Yeah, good for him. So join me, family, as we look at every Fast and Furious movie title ranked from worst to best with a couple of surprises along the way. So I'm not going to read the descriptions, but here they are in order. So number 11, Fast and Furious 6. He says, this one's just boring, which, okay. but like, Okay. okay. Number 10... The Fast and the Furious Extreme Close-Up, which was a theme park experience from 2006. Oh. Uh, it was based on the cars of Tokyo Drift and included them dancing to Daddy Yankee's Gasolina, which sounds awesome. Yeah, I wanted to see that, actually. Number nine, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Number eight, Fast and Furious Supercharged. So, okay, so if Supercharged, which is like a cool idea, is your number eight, what is number one? I have no idea. I keep going. Number seven, The Fate of the Furious, which, again, I feel is cooler. Fate is, fate is, like, top tier for them, like, having fun with it, you know? Number six, Furious 7. Number five, Fast and Furious. How is Furious 7 any different than Fast and Furious 6? I don't know, man. Okay. Number okay. five, Fast and Furious, which is number four. Number four, The Fast and the Furious, the original one. Okay. Number three, Fast 5. Number two, okay. Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Number one, Too Fast, Too Furious. There you have it, the gold standard of Fast and Furious movies, in case you somehow couldn't tell, it's the second song in the franchise. And if you missed the note the first time, don't worry, the title says it all again. Too Fast, Too Furious may not be the best movie the franchise, but it certainly has the coolest title, even though it's completely nonsensical. Well, I That's agree in that we took our name from it. However, I think this is just no. utterly wrong. I just say no. Yeah. How? I too much to say about it. I don't that. want to be petty, because I, you know, we're all the, we're all family. But stick to your lane. Stay to video games. Stay, stay in your lane. It's very appropriate. I liked how, like, you know, a little racing reference. It's pretty Ooh. good. We're also going to do now uh, Rock the Vote. I'm going to Google Dwayne Johnson no, I got president. A, I, got a, I got a fucking good news story. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Tyrese Gibson is going to be in the Marvel's Morbius movie opposite Jared Leto. Okay. It's like a, a Marvel antihero movie with a living vampire and this is like this is big news slated to hit theaters July 31st 2020 we'll follow this for a few months until it gets canceled <laughs> Tyrese and yeah. Jared Leto are going to be in a Sony produced Marvel movie well i mean Sony's had such a great track record with Marvel movies with um exactly oh boy okay uh so i just googled Dwayne Johnson president no news he's not still not running for president even though it seems like everybody else is also shout out West Beto O'Rourke now running for president yeah, um, repping the TX uh, across the country. Found this one story: Dwayne Johnson trying to get his daughter to say he's smarter and better looking than Obama is everything. So that's—I mean—it's a terrible clickbait title. But The Rock apparently put a video up on Instagram of trying to get his like you know one or two year old uh, child to say who's better looking and smarter, and she takes a while to answer. He jokes, "You've got to answer quick, honey." Instagram because. Yeah, 15 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, who's smarter and better looking, Dada or President Obama? So The Rock's still not running for president, but now, you know, Political, calling out get, cast presidents. He's dipping his toe in. Sure. He's wiggling it around a little bit with that. So who knows? I still want a Dwayne Johnson, uh, Charlize Theron ticket, but I don't think she's eligible because she was born in South Africa. But alas. You a Charlize Theron birther over here? No, she's not She's not legally allowed to be president because you have to be born, you have to be born here. True. I know. I was just kidding. But yes, I am a birther. Show me the certificate. Also, if you just want to say hi, Charlize, email family at cageclub.net. <laughs> if you're listening. Also, we did a whole podcast about you. Why didn't you write in that one? <laughs> I don't like those movies. I like these movies. Okay. 
Cool. Last thing before we take a quick break, new lap observations. Oh, so what was your what was your one takeaway here that you never noticed before before oh. bringing Mike? What's the one thing you want to talk about? I have a really, really cool one. When Han and Giselle are in Hong Kong, I, I think Wes told us last time, right? Yes. When Wait, they're, yes. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was Singapore, but it's Hong Kong, I think. His, they have two motorcycles, okay, that they had pulled up on. They, okay. they don't show you driving them, but they were there, parked next to them. Yep. Giselle has like a sport bike. Han has a Harley. Okay. The Harley is in the exact same paint scheme as his Mazda from Tokyo Drift. Ooh, very, very cool. Yeah, it's like orange and black. It's like the exact same colors. And when I saw it behind him, I was like, oh, fuck, that's really cool. There's another Tokyo Drift connection that we'll get to when I get to the trivia later, but that's not the only connection this movie has to Tokyo Drift, but I really, really like that. That's cool. Yeah. My thing, the uh, little one that I'm going to to mention here, we'll see that we've talked about, I think, every lap we're going to talk about again tonight because I'm sure Mike loves it because you and I both love it. But when Roman is comparing their crew to the British crew, right? Like, you know, and talking about Brian's the prettiest blonde he knows. Yeah. You know, he's running his mouth. He's just saying all this stuff. And Gisela is like right next to him, just working on a gun. Does not give a shit about what he's saying. Yeah. Like just all business. I was like, that's so like, you know, military background, all this different stuff. Like just does not care. Like, you know, she doesn't care. Roman, no fucks. The first time she met Roman, he was hitting on her. Uh, so I guess it's just like I'm not going to talk to him. Like I just don't need to. Like we're we're coworkers, but you know, he can yeah. he can run his mouth. I just got I got other things to do. And I just thought that was such a cool little you know character moment in not doing something. Uh, she was saying a lot. I think so. Cool. Yeah, I like that one. Good call. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna bring in the Mikester. We're gonna you know shout out again to uh, our cognac sponsor, Conjure Cognac, um, which we'll you know do another little plug in the break after the break. But stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> But don't ask GameSpot about it. This is Lap 3, episode the sixth one, about Fast and Furious 6. It's brought to you by Conjure Cognac. With 180 acres in the smallest and rarest AOC crew borderies. Ocasio-Cortez? Apparently. Renowned for producing Eau de Vie, with an intense floral bouquet and excellent aging qualities. It is an unbreakable bond between the land, the traditions, and the men who live on it. And that helps superb craft superb cognacs. So thank you, Conjure oh. Cognac. Thank you, Conjure Cognac. Snifting it up mm. on the rocks. Uh, Judd, you still have some, uh, some rocks you can kick around the, on, on mic again? Yes, Perfect. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Conjure Cognac. With us today, sniffing the Corvassier, passing the Corvassier, back to and fro, like it was a, a basketball on a basketball court. You a rapper? We have our... What, kind of what the fuck was that intro? Okay. I don't know. I was just thinking what, what people rhyming? pass back and forth. Okay. I'm not trying to rhyme. I'm just There's trying to like... rhymes. Okay. Metaphors? I don't know. You're welcome. Thanks. With us is our resident historian, our ride-along expert, the sixth episode in a row that he's been on, Mr. Mike Manzi, the Mikester. Hello, Mike. Hello, guys. May I just say real quick that I never feared death or dying. I only fear never trying. I am whatever I am, and only God can judge me now. One yeah. shot. One, two night, two night, three strikes. Yeah, go for it. I forgot. I messaged Joe. The opening credits to this might be my favorite credits in any movie. Like they're just like <laughs> I understand that like the Superman opening credits are basically a ten minute uh, Rube Goldberg machine in a way. But mm-hmm. like there's so much 
beautiful nostalgia here that it's like a celebration of joy in the same way that at the end of Furious 7, spoilers, Mike, if we haven't gotten there yet, but the end of Furious 7 mm-hmm. when they do the, the, the farewell to Paul Walker, um, it's beautiful and like it's celebrating yeah. him. But this is just like, remember the series, like remember these movies, like this is the culmination of everything. And I just love it so much. And these opening credits are just so good. So, Mike, thank you for, you know, referencing the credits in a way by by quoting that opening song. Yeah, definitely. You know, this series has some great songs, and this is among one of my favorites in the entire series. Uh, It just always gets me charged up to watch this movie. Supercharged? Supercharged, exactly. And I agree with everything you said about, like, the sort of flashback sequence that we get. It's just terrific that we can reference so many uh, adventures up into this point. <laughs> it's really cool. I love it. I, I do. I, I had like a bunch of notes. Like I think like every time we watch this movie, I have a note that's like, oh fuck these opening credits. Yeah. But before the opening credits, we get. Um, I was. I, I always get faked out by this. Is um, I think it's the race from the end of the last movie we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the race into the hospital because uh, Brian's mm-hmm. baby's born. You know, Mike, I've talked about on a previous laps about how at the end of Fast Five, like that race that they want to have, right? Like it's kind of like the end of Rocky Three, the beginning of Rocky Four, like that third fight that we mm-hmm. don't see between Rocky and Apollo. Just like, oh, they raced again. But we don't know who won, you know? Yeah. Until the, the Creed version of this comes out. Until, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got uh, baby Brian, whatever. And then we talk about, you know, oh, yo, I, know, I knew your dad. Uh, my, my dad raced him. Well, yeah, it would be, um, you know, Dom's son and Brian's son meeting each other. Mm-hmm. And... Sure, it would be like the Gosby on the Pines. The Ooh. Gosby on the Pines? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I would have thought it, it was the place beyond the gauze, but it's... No. Okay. We, tried, we tried a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it works out. Gosby on the Pines is what sticks, though. Gosby on the gauze. The... I don't know. Yeah. So I've got no, I've got no either or questions for you tonight, tonight Mike, because... I feel like some of these could apply here, but I feel like they more so apply to the next movie. Like they, half of it is an option that comes up in Furious 7, so we're going to skip this for now. Okay. To kick things off the question, before we just, you know, freeform talk about the movie, let's do our let's do our car racing scenes. Who do you want to ride with? Ooh. What scene do you want to be a part of? Let's get right to it. Let's get to the heart of the matter here. Mike, we'll let you go first. What scene do you want to be in a, in a part of? Okay. And which character in this movie do you want to take a ride with? Okay, so I definitely was thinking about this uh, while I was watching it. I want to be in the scene with the tank at the end on the okay. freeway. And I want to yeah. be driving the car that Dom crashes into when he catches Letty in the air. And, Ooh, and they the just hood? like... Yeah. Yeah, and they just like cut to me and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and your eyes yeah. just are like huge. You know, you're just like, oh! And like, that's it? Oh, that would yeah. be a great... That's a great extra scene right there. Like, to yeah. be that guy, yeah, that'd be really cool. And then, Mike, who do you, you want to drive you around? Which character do you want to just hop a ride with? So, I don't think I picked this character yet. I think, well, it's, it's only his second movie. I don't think I picked him in the last movie. But I want to be in Hobbs with Hobbs this time in that, like, mm-hmm. giant, like, half a monster truck he's driving. Like, that thing is crazy. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's got, uh, you know, Riley Hicks is in there until we find out that she's Team Shaw. Like, she's really badass in this. So I want to I roll with the fuzz. Ooh. Cool. Well, you know, you mentioned the Gurkha, the LAPV, which was from Zimbio. Joe, did you catch? There was a quote in here that I never knew what, what movie it was from where Hobbs in this movie says, there's never nothing, there's always something. something. Yes. I did catch and it this like, time. Oh, shit, and I Zimbio. Did, I didn't know why I knew the quote, <laughs> but he said it, and I actually, I heard it in my head, and I was like, 
damn, I've heard that quote before somewhere. And I was trying to think of, like, if it's, like, I was, like, why do I know it? And I was thinking that it was, like, somebody else said it. Like, it was, like, a really famous, like, presidential quote or something. And I was, like, no, that doesn't make sense. And then, like, I just took it out of my brain. But, yeah, I, I noticed it, but I didn't notice it, notice it, like, until you just pointed it out. What I think is funny about that is that the quiz is supposed to be, like, a, I, I, maybe it's maybe it's a good sign of the quiz. I don't know, but it feels like... The quiz is supposed to help you determine which character you are, right? Like, yes. it's supposed to be, like, not not overtly. You want to be like, uh, you know, uh, who do you love? Letty, yeah. Mia, Don... Like, it's just like, not like that. But I feel like if you want to have Hobbes... Like, that's not the defining Hobbes quote, even by a mile. Like, if you, don't, if you don't want to have, like, you know, I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. Like, I understand that you, want, you don't want to give it away. Put on your Thunderwear. That's... But that's the quote you go with? I guess. I don't know. Real weird, man strange all right joe what about you those are very good selections by mike what do you what car do you want like which car scene do you want to be a part of and who do you want to drive you around in this movie i definitely want to i have to be on the runway i gotta (laughs) so like i i need like you know full speed for six 65 minutes of runway time so that's that's the scene that i want to be in who do i want to drive me around i well because see we don't see this in the movie but I want to ride on the back of Giselle's motorcycle with her. She's driving, oh. but I'm on the back of the motorcycle. So that's nice. that's what I think I'm going to go for yeah. this time. I like that they uh, got motorcycles back in on this. Oh, Mike, um, my you didn't hear it, but I pointed out to Joey, my new lab observation was that Han's Harley is the same color scheme as his Mazda in Tokyo Drift. It's like Ooh. orange and black in like the same ways. So next cool. time you watch this movie, pay attention for it. Well, I got it on in the background right now. So <laughs> so when you get to that point, just look at his motorcycle. <laughs> I like, Joe, that every one of these games now is just you getting close to Giselle somehow. Like, it's just like, oh, I want to ride around with, like, I want to be in the scene <laughs> where Giselle's sitting on my lap. She's I want to be in on it. the back of her motorcycle. Exactly. What jo- I'm, there's nobody else that I'm going to pick if Gal's an option. Joe, okay, too, so but, like, you are, you're, like, starting... To me, to feel like Roman and Tej combined into one at some sometimes. When, when this what? Movie. Just because of my love of Gal? Yeah, or no? I mean, I don't know. It just it's just goofiness like, in general. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It just it just feels like you. It just feels like the three of you <laughs> would have a fun time, a fun night and out together. I think that we would have a great time together. So, Tyrese and Ludacris, if you're listening, write in. To family, family at me. I mean, if, if anybody out there... So here's the thing. So if you can connect us with anybody, <laughs> literally anyone from any of these movies, like whether you're like catering on Fast Five or whatever. like Oh, I'm down. You know I would talk all about catering. Movies, we would talk either as a bonus episode or a full episode or whatever. I just want to talk to anybody. Like I want to know more about the lore behind these movies. Same, yeah. Email family at cageclub.me. Hook should, us up. We'll, dude, we'll we should touch. find the catering companies in the credits and just email them. Somebody got to work for one of I, I don't know. I guess catering has high turnover, but who knows? My so I, I don't know how I don't know which answer this is. I think I think it's going to be the scene specifically. Good. I want to be somehow in the flip car. I was oh. I was thinking how I could ride along in one of those but i i feel like the flip car is very carefully designed to not allow more than one person in there <laughs> i don't think so either that's why there's two of them <laughs> i get it but i'd also be flipped it. i think it'd be cool to be flipped maybe you know safely in a, in a roll cage but i think i think because you guys talked about the two huge action scenes which actually here's a little bit of trivia for you guys we got some good trivia here for fast and furious 6 this movie was originally envisioned okay. as two movies Oh, uh, that the first hmm. one's going to end at the tank scene, 
and the second one was going to end at the runway scene. The second one was going to be sort of feel just like, the runway scene for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because, like, you can kind of feel it, because, like, after the tank scene, like, there's, like, this sort of, It does of, feel like, like it's going to end. I agree. Relief, like, because there's the scene yeah. where, like, Han and Giselle are like, where are we going to go now? And then, you know, then there's the double cross and things go, and then, but, like, 10 minutes later, they're on the runway. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very quick. Yeah. So I think it's probably, like, they're like, well, we can just sort of combine these and then just do back-to-back, which is crazy, uh, yeah. But also it feels kind of like how the Mission Impossible movies are just like, hey, you know that scene that we're going to advertise where Tom Cruise is hanging off the outside of an airplane? That's how our movie starts. Uh, but then also the stuff with like Brian going to prison also feels like, oh, yeah, maybe that was from the next movie or that got truncated as well. So uh, now that you mentioned right. yeah, that, true. it could have been two. There's a lot of moments here where I'm picking out where it's like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I agree. There's no more info than that. I, I didn't Google anything. If you know anything about it, email family at cageclub.me. Maybe that was like the original idea. Maybe it was going to be like a, a Shaw Brothers trilogy as opposed to, because like, you know, we got this one, we got Furious 7, which was Deckard, and by 8, they're with the family. But I can sort of see like, you know, we, we, we envision, especially based on Wes's email, maybe Last Lap or whatever, trying to, you know, which three movies would you show, like different trilogies or whatever. I can sort of see a Shaw Brothers trilogy, right? Where, yeah. like, they kind of capture Owen, but he's whatever, and then maybe Deckard breaks him out or whatever, instead of, like, I, I don't know. There, there, there could yeah. be interplay there, I think, to sort of bridge the two movies or something. But, yeah, I um, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy with how they got, how where we wound up. It's weird, too, because I, pi- I think I picked up when, doesn't, Deckard say like about he's talking about you got to have a code doesn't he mention like my brother always says you got to have a code or something he drops some know. like I always thought he dropped one or two lines yes. like I've got yes. a brother I might mention my brother yeah it's laced out through in there I didn't I didn't never caught that one good call but yeah so I want to be in the because I think you guys talked about the two like huge scenes there the ones that you know were supposed to end two different movies yeah I think the third other big action scene is that flip car but who do I want to drive me around? That's really awesome too when they're in the tunnel. I'm just I'm amazed every time at that. Yeah. Who drives the cars? It's it's Shaw and female Brian. I don't remember her name. Yes. She's the only name I didn't really. I don't know. The second prettiest blonde around. Okay. Is that Elon Musk's ex-wife? She kind of looks like her, right? I don't know. So here's actually some crazy trivia. So in this movie. What? And I'm, I'm this is also me stalling to figure out who I want to drive me around. Good. So in this movie, The Rock. Hobbs is referred to as both the Hulk and Captain America, and then oh. on his phone, somebody calls at the end, uh, he's listed as Samoan Thor, mm-hmm. like his name and somebody's so phone. All Marvel Thor. drops he, in this one? He's like, all Marvel drops. Is the Avengers all wrapped into one? Which, you know, last episode, Joe, you, me, and Mike were talking about Who uh, an Avengers Fast and Furious crossover. Yeah. We already got that. It's just, it's Hobbs. Wait, it, he's just but all of them. Okay. the crazy thing, which I did not know, and Mike, I don't know, I feel like you would have said maybe if you knew, because I don't know if you know, Thor, Chris Hemsworth, the, act, the actor, is married to the woman who plays Elena. Whoa, no, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Elsa Pataki? I had no idea. They're married in real life, and weirder coincidence, or maybe not a, because this is a coincidence, that really isn't a coincidence, but Elsa Pataki and Vin Diesel share a birthday, July 18th. So just like these weird connections with Elena, who's not, you know, who is in ways a very important emotionally driving character, but also... Not. Not? Definitely not. Which I realized this time around, you know, she wakes up with Dom in bed, and like it's lovely, it's loving and lovely, and all this different yeah, stuff. Yeah, closest they get to female nudity, I think, in the entire series, right? Like in the first movie, we do get a little bit of a Jordana Brewster side boob when she's changing for Brian. Like I feel like they're trying yeah, to push the edge there. Yeah, and she throws the and she throws the shirt at the camera, which is really yeah, interesting. Oh, right. really the movie, the, the franchise has shown a side boob a couple times, but yeah, it's it's pretty pretty PG thirteen, modest in that way because mm-hmm. it is PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you know bikini shots, obviously. There's a lot of shirtless um, guys. Right, like Ludacris appears yep. for the first in uh, this one, and Dom's shirtless yeah. bunch. I'm going to be driven around, I think, by 
I don't think we, any of us have picked this character. I want to be driven around by Tej, because I feel like mm. Tej, you know, used to never drive, now does drive. I would love to be just driving back. Oh, here's, here's what I want. <laughs> Make up your fucking I want to be in the car with Tej and the auctioneer yes. as they're driving the cars back to their lair, oh. um, just for the awkward sexual tension. Not sexual tension, but you know what I mean? Just like so awkward. awkward. Man, oh, man. I was watching the movie this time, and I was really like, they could totally cut that whole storyline out of this movie yeah well again it feels maybe something like truncated or something like that but I, I like it because we get two characters who aren't ordinarily together like this feels very Agreed. it feels like fourth season sitcom you know that's yeah. sort of where we <laughs> yeah. are right now in the series and we have True. Hobbs and Tej hanging out it's like dude these guys would never but like they have such good chemistry in those they two do. scenes yeah. it's really funny and I just love how Tej is full-on hacker tech Techie Tej now. And what I liked about that, and I, I think I probably, I don't know if we ever talked about it, I think I probably noticed it, but never really thought too much about it. But, you know, Hobbs is like, I called DSS, like, we got the cars, they're going to be on here. And Tej is like, no, man, I got it. And he just, the, like, it's rare, I think, in any movie for The Rock to be, like, conquered. You know what I mean? For him to, to sort of lose an argument, if ah, you will. Ah, okay. But yeah. here, Tej is like, no, man, like, this is, like, like, trust me that I can do my thing. And he just goes and spends a couple million dollars on this. So, you know, I think it's, uh, whatever works. It, it, it was cool to see, I think. Yeah, cool. So I think those are all good answers. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to love in this movie. There's a lot of great characters, a lot of great scenes. Yes. So Mike, why don't why don't you why don't you spin us on tire reference uh, into what what do you want to talk about here? Fast and Furious Six. I had a good. You know, can I can I start, Mike? I have a little jump off sure. for him. Sure. <laughs> Sorry that I'm always like Joey's trying to ask Mike a question. I'm like I think I, it's I have happened a better like the question. Last three or four episodes. Oh, every episode. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your show, though. Something I was thinking about when I was watching it this time is that this is actually the second third movie in this thing. Hmm. And this actually begins... This is the third movie if you consider the fourth the beginning of the action arc. You can think about the movie as a third because it's like... If you just like delete like one, two, and three, which you don't really need for four, five, and six, you could just start from four, five, and then six would be the third one. So this hmm. is the third... This is, this is, to me, is truly... A third time's a charm. <laughs> no, you know, oh, I think that's a good point. I actually agree with that and thought about that watching it this time, especially uh, when they go back into the fourth movie for a little while with Brian, right? Where he goes and there's, uh, was it Stosniak? Picks him up at the airport and it's like, hey. yeah. And he goes to visit Braga and it's like, hey, we're yeah. in part four for a little bit. And that's sort of what part threes do a lot is like try and mine stuff from the first movie and like revisit it from a different angle and then uh, wrapping up the uh the the letty sort of storyline to a degree as well uh it does feel like a conclusion of an arc definitely i like that what i also think and this is something i think we talked about earlier in the lap when when we were talking about the first movie and the second movie and a little bit about tokyo drift is that like i feel like the franchise is just on a whole more confident in itself that early on it was just sort of like standalone stories it was just like you know this is just a movie the next one's just the next story with some similar characters but not really tying in too much it's like this is where they are now or whatever and I feel like it's really once Jessalyn comes on board and we get the the the, the sort of the the soft reboot in four that they're like okay like let's let's figure out how we can build a universe as opposed to just having characters so I, I agree like that I think it's a part three in a sense but I also think it's just like a singular vision and like a, an ambition to go bigger and be more exciting and not inclusive is the wrong word, but sort of more, you know, all encompassing, right. You know, like characters, like where would they be now and how can they interact and like, who can we call on to help out here or whatever? Like even kind of in a way, 
you know, we last episode we compared, or I compared Dom and Brian to Rusty and Danny from Ocean's Eleven, but like, you know, when when in Ocean's Eight, when they call in Saul or Ruben, whoever they call, in, you know, it's just like, well, where would that person be? You know what I mean? Like, how do we how do we bring these people into like a completely separate story? And I just think it's like this ambition and this you know boldness to take chances that wasn't necessarily in the first few movies. They definitely like worked their shit out by this point. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I absolutely feel like. None of my issues with this movie are, like, with character. Like, I really love how everyone's reintroduced, how they're all sort of off on their own, and then they come back together because, you know, they get the bat signal from Dom, basically. Like, that's great. Like, no questions asked. We're there. We got you back. You turned us into multimillionaires. We're always there for you. Um, I think. Yep. I think my issues come, like thankfully much later in the game in this movie where again was enlightened this could have possibly been envisioned as two films when we start talking about like the night with like the nightshade and and you know all these other sort of things towards the end that it kind of meanders a little bit plot wise but i love everything going on with the actual characters in this movie it's great like when we when we first see roman on his plane with his ladies and they're going to macau or wherever or, yeah and then we see tej that's such you know, a classic scene the, that's such a classic scene the Roman one in the plane, like, it's so perfect. It, it just works too well for me. But it's just cool because we get to see them, they're, like, living their life, like, right? Like, Tej being, like, the Robin Hood where he's, like, fixing the ATMs and, and yep. everything. And Han and Giselle, of course, like, that's just incredible. Like, I could only, I stay up at nights, like, dreaming of what they've been doing between movies. You said that, like, you have problems with how the plot goes like it gets loosey-goosey right and i can admit that but i think Mm -hmm. that in what you trade for losing the plot like it kind of going off the rails is what makes six so great like that they're just like you know what like abandoned ship like we're just gonna fucking get wild with it and like like you know strap in you're going for a ride and i kind of like how it's so loose like that i'll I'll say this like as Even if parts feel truncated, they never feel like they're not going for it. You know, they don't feel... True. uh, Okay. It doesn't feel like they're not trying. Like, when Brian goes to prison, like, sure, I'd love Brian... I'd love, like, another 20 minutes of Brian in prison, like, in the mess hall, like, in whatever, like... Everything, Getting into another fight. But, like, while he's there, they really try to make the most of it. And, like, that... I appreciate that, you know? Even though it's got its shortcomings, they're still, like trying really hard to make it work and and i think you're right like there's just so much to juggle in this one you know adding too many characters uh, man like especially like trying to focus uh on the letty stuff like a lot of that not not that it's bad or anything but i'm just saying like they have to spend a lot of time on that in this one you know like time is reserved for for the letty story and that's great and that just it just means like other things need to get uh, a little truncated like i think you're also in an interesting position here time wise because Fast Five and this are both two hours and ten minutes, and, like, it's sort of beginning to push the limits of, like, how long can you really go? Yes. Like, what, like, you, like, you're right, Mike, like, you need to, you need to decide what you want to focus on and go with that. Later movies will be longer. Um, you know, yeah, like, or you can just make a two-and-a-half-hour movie. It's also of the mind where, you know, there's there's reports coming out that Avengers Endgame is going to be three hours or maybe longer. And, like, with an intermission, yeah. People don't care because they sort of have faith in Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't mind 
if uh, fast nine year seatbelts or fast ten year seatbelts was like three or three and a half hours, if there was story to tell, like if there was reason for it being that long, if there's emotional it's not beats, if there's a there's... lot of fluff. Exactly. I don't want it to get overstuffed, but if you have a long story to tell with a lot of interweaving narratives and characters coming back and you know meeting in new ways, by all means, be as long as you need to be. I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, and because the other place they're not skimping on these movies is the action sequences, right? Like that has to take up most of the rest of the time, and they're incredible. You're in, right in this one. Like one of my favorite sequences in any of these movies isn't doesn't even have cars involved. It's the subway fights when the two women are fighting each other, and then the two guys are fighting the one guy, like all at the same time. That's just great action. That's this franchise meeting Haywire and also meeting the Raid, right? Like that's just like yeah. right, yeah. right. Other things like you know we're not having the Avengers team up, but we're having. You know, gritty things. And also, like, you know, we're just talking about the scene, but, like, Brian taking on Braga and two goons. Like, this is like a prison movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. We don't have as much of the prison movie as we might want, but, like, it's badass fight choreography. You get who these people are through the action sequences, too, right? Like, so, like, the way Han and Roman are fighting, like, first they think they could take the guy, but then they realize they're out, outmatched. And so then, you know, it gets kind of funny where it's like, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. Yeah. You know, so it's like all sort of building on character as well as having like a awesome kick-ass fight scene. And the same with something like that I've never thought about before. But you do learn a lot. Like they respond as their characters. We haven't gotten to the point yet where they're all great at everything. So it's like they do have, they're playing on what their character strengths would be, which makes it more fun and realistic. Well, not realistic, but like it fits. Well, I mean, they're all superheroes now, right? Like they're all perfect. They're all, you know, automancers, right? They're all becoming more powerful because they've now had six movies in theory behind the wheel of a car. So now they're all better fighters and better drivers and smarter and better hackers and better with money. Experience. You know, yeah. They should get better looking. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, what else you want to what else you want to talk about? Because I've got some other notes, but before I you know before I even reopen my document, uh, okay. what, what else you want to talk about with this movie? There's the one scene when Dom is trying to remind Letty of her past, and he's talking is about race her memory back into her. <laughs> yeah, okay. race her memory back into her. But then also uh, scar talk, where they're talking about yeah. all yeah. their scars. I was like, oh man, this is we just stopped this movie. You know, we put the e-brake on, and now we're, we're doing, right in the fields. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so cool. Like, I give this movie credit for being like, you know what? We're going to spend the time with the Letty story, address this, take it seriously, like, make it take its time and everything. And, like, I, I don't know. It's really I, I tasteful. Really it's cool. It seems it seems as natural as that could be. Dead girlfriend revived from the dead, race her memory back into her. But the, but the scene... It, it like they have good chemistry in the scene, and it it seems, it like I said, as natural as, as it could be for what's happening. Plus, Scar Talk is my favorite show on NPR, so I think I just like that's in here. <laughs> Scar Talk. I was really surprised in general. Like I've seen this movie a lot, and we're really into these characters now and everything. But I was surprised how much chemistry there was between certain groups of the actors paired together. You know, obviously, I think Han and Giselle have great chemistry and, and everything like that but Han and Tyrese like yeah those two together like I, I wouldn't like I I always put Tyrese and Tej together you know like Roman and Tej they're like the crew because they, they were both from Florida they seem like they get along you know what yeah. I mean they knew each other beforehand so when you see like Tyrese and Han together and they're still playing really well with each other it's awesome you know the, the one I was most surprised about this time was uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel like I really Really? Oh, I have a note about that, yeah. I really thought that, like, they were bros behind the scenes because, like, it 
I don't know, man. It was coming oh. through to me. I'm so, so that's why it's like kind of sad to you know hear about like the bad blood if there is any between them and stuff because I was like, man, like this movie, I was really feeling it between them. I'm you know I don't know. They get there for me, but I have I specifically have a note from this watch that the first Dom and Hobbs scene it feels so much like they weren't in the same room when they recorded it. When he, like, hands them the pictures and Dom but just, But they like, work. There, there are, I, I, I noticed that, like, because we, we talked about in Fate of the Furious, they're never on screen together. And here, yeah. they very clearly are because they're in the same... Like, they're there they're together. The it might not yes. seem that way, but they are. No, but I'm saying, but, like, the dialogue, the acting, the, the deliveries, they all felt disjointed. It eventually gets better throughout the movie, like like Dom and the Rock tie in together but that first scene I was just like oh god it feels like they were like they just like wrote this in or they shot it from different places may I invite you to watch the Nicolas Cage film 211 and watch the final scene in that movie where it is just the most disjointed oh man yeah it is it's six or seven different characters coming to dinner (laughs) and they basically filmed it over must have been five different times like it's it's so it's insane cut together it is insane there's definitely and the editing's bad yeah, there's oh, like CG everything editing, about it is terrible. and there's like combination of the shots. lighting is different in every shot. It's it's oh, crazy. God. I um, love when that happens. But on the you know Dom and Hobbs or Vin Diesel and The Rock thing, like there's one point where like before they're going to take Shaw down, before the car flipping scene, right, where they get set up, they get double double crossed, left for dead, whatever. Yeah. Dom says Hobbs and I will be for Shaw. Shaw leads to Letty. And I just like that, you know, even in the, at this point, like, the characters, I know it's not the actors, but the characters, like, let's spend time together. Like, I'm going to wait here with him, you guys go. Yeah. And just thinking about it, you know, a couple movies later, like, that's never going to happen. It's like, yeah. like, Vin Diesel look at the script, be like, fuck this, I'm not, I'm not being next to him, like, whatever, like, let's get out of here, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just like that there's We're still in the honeymoon phase, really kind of. Get. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's still like, let's do this, this is going to be, like, the biggest movie of the year. And even though like... this is... This is the movie that has the uh, the iconic Vin Diesel and The Rock at the end of the barbecue, head head to head, head by head. Yeah. Just, you know, crazy intimidation. So something that we've been talking about and we've been tracking a while, this is the first time that I noticed in, in this watch that Brian says, are Leo and Santos around? Or, like, where mm, are Leo and right. Santos? So he, like, names the twins, who which we've learned have many names. Mm-hmm. He asked where they are, but everybody's just like, I don't know. And then that was it. And I <laughs> feel Oh, no, like... they were last seen at the casino, right? Yeah, they were last seen at the casino. That's it. That's the same thing that they do to Brian at the, um, you know, when they're like, let's call Brian. And he's like, leave him alone. And then that's it. <laughs> but, like, it's it's such a strange thing. I love that they do that. They, like, have to, like, remind you that other characters exist, but then they don't bring in the character. And you're like, mm. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, because, I mean, we talked about last episode, I think, about how how they could bring Mia back, like how they could bring Jordana Brewster back. But like, it's, it's just, it's weird. I mean, I would love to have anybody back who wants to be back. You know, there's ample time to bring in, you know, whoever. I was going to say Twinkie, but we know that Bow Wow just did some, some shitty stuff or whatever. So maybe we don't want him in here, but like, you know, bring back whoever, just bring yeah. them all back. I don't care. I just want mention their back. names. It's all cool. Yep. I'm in. Not Iggy Azalea though, according to that one tweet, if you remember. What, what was that? I don't remember. It was just like list of actors I want back in the movies. And I was like, 12 different people, and I was like, list of actors I do not want back, Iggy Azalea. Yeah, ready, steady, go. Well, Rita Ora in this movie, uh, great and beautiful, as we talked about before, so mm-hmm. I am I like all Rita about, Ora. this is man. London, baby. This is London, baby. There's, there's, there's a little bit of a sadness in 
that opening scene. I guess this whole movie is kind of sad, knowing what happens to Giselle, that she dies, and that, you know, Han essentially dies again in this movie, right? But, like, <laughs> yeah. when they're in that opening scene in Hong Kong, right before, you know, the police show up to bring them in, Giselle has that really cute line. She's like, I'm a citizen of the world. Like, look at me. I'm ordering exotic foods, and it's, it's great. She says to Han, oh, no, no, he says to her, you ever thought about settling down, starting a life together? And she says, aren't we doing that? He says, are we? And, like, there's this weird kind of melancholy there that, like, they love mm-hmm. each other and they're together, but, like, they don't really know kind of where they're going. Yeah. And yeah. they're on the run. You know, we're we're in, in this universe, in this timeline, a couple days or maybe a week away from her dying. And it's just, you know, they're, they're obviously together and in love, but it's they sort of seem, like, maybe restless. And maybe, like, again, maybe that's what we were talking about last time, where, you know, that, that one line that you didn't really like that much, Joe, the, you know, we're one hour away from the rest of our lives. Like, maybe... You know, they pulled that one big job, and, like, Giselle thought that, you know, we, this is us, like, we're done, and Han's like, are we, though? Like, it feels like we're kind of restless, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. feels like maybe we're just those kind of spirits who are just, like, need some action. you know, we're, we're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. yeah. It's just sad, though, because, like, we love them, but it's just, it's, it's, it's sad. I almost took it as, like, she's more comfortable, not on the run, but just on the move all the time, like, her yeah, she's home too hyper. is the world right like she can live anywhere but Han a citizen of the world yeah and Han just seems a little more especially knowing what happens and then that adding just a whole other level to his performance I think in Tokyo Drift just retroactively you know and, and just what a sort of like haunted character he is but like tries to go on yeah I don't know it's it is it is sad but I like it because it just adds another dimension you know and it it's part of that uh almost like soap opera or melodramatic sort of level that these movies can get to if they need to if you want them to uh it can service that and that's cool and that's what we had for a while with these characters I mean I I still get bummed out because I think you know Shaw survives the plane at the, he basically dies the same way Giselle dies like they fall off or out of the plane onto the tarmac but yeah but for some reason he survives and and she Giselle's doesn't yeah. and it's it's a, I understand why now I get it like you know she, she was needed never to be Wonder good. Woman not only that but like <laughs> they had plans like the whole idea was for her to be Hans the thing that haunted him I guess yeah. that that lost which is love. a great this is the, one of the best retrofitted backstories I've yes. ever seen in my life because Han's character is so mysterious in Tokyo Drift and to realize that like this is what caused it is really awesome like it's a it's perfect to like come back to this I I don't think that I could like if you gave me the story and I was like and like I saw this and I had to write a backstory I could have never made anything as good as that. Well, you're no Chris Morgan. That's all that means. It's true. <laughs> no, it's just so satisfying. Yeah, that's Joe. I think another another trilogy in here is the Han trilogy, right? Where it's five, six, and three. Yep. This is this is but, a third times a charm. Third times a charm. Talk, we talked about earlier about how I was, we were saying about how like Tej bests Hobbs in a sense. He's like, I got this. Like later, we talked about the scene. I know for sure, Joe, in previous laps, but where they go to that guy like Giselle and never let a man, never send a man to do a yes, woman's job. Essentially, yeah. oh, Roman's like that mean? Han and I got this. <laughs> when she's like, he's a man. Why he? Why she got to say it like that? She she always he's says that. Just yeah, Giselle says, job. "There's always there's one thing you boys are forgetting." He's a man. Roman says, "He's a man." 
And Han says she always says that. But I just like that again. Roman's like, Han and I got this. Like, you know, we're, we're men. But like, I like, it's it's not, I don't think it's written this way. But like earlier, Tej is like, no, like, Hobbs, I got this. And then they're just like, yeah, but like, look who you are. Like, you're, you're, you're Roman. Like, I know that you can maybe do this, but like, we, we actually got this, so. Exactly. I do like that Roman took her saying, like, he's a man saying that she's clearly saying, like, I will win him over with sexuality. And Roman instantly felt belittled right like like that she was questioning his masculinity right like i think it's that and i think it's also he's just confused like he's like i don't i don't know like because in his head i think it's kind of like uh that's not a fact that i know that how i could get the better of him like i don't know how i'm you know what i mean like it's just like i feel like sometimes he's like so on planet roman that it's like i don't know what that means like i I don't know that that doesn't compute to me yeah the, the perfect the just the line is so simple but like it brings out like the ego of Roman and his self-consciousness like all at once you know what I mean like it's just it was really well written like I like when like concise lines like that bring out something yeah crazy in someone else so it's, it's usually in Roman it's usually in Roman yeah I like how that guy's messing with a harpoon gun that takes us all the way back to the first movie where that was like their weapon of choice right they like would harpoon the windshield mm-hmm. of the of the uh tractor trailers and oh, stuff. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. There's, I mean, there's also like yeah. the trackers and stuff that from too. Remember, you know, yeah, like that the, shut the down your cars. Things, right? Yeah. The EMPs. What I like about the harpoon gun in here is that, you know, Tej is like, you know, there's a good mind's a masterpiece. Like, he just like, he, like in a day or two, just like worked up something that's apparently better than what they have. Like, like let's like maybe, but also let's keep ego checking, you know, the ego in check here, Tej. But yeah. again, world's greatest hacker, top 10 most wanted in, in Fate of the Furious. He is definitely is you know there's that scene that we talked about before that we love where uh the rock shake or hobbs shakes down that cctv guard with like with the handshake he's just like you know mm. squeezes like, I'm not his gonna... hand real tight yes yeah. exactly and gina carano just standing next to him just smiling i wonder if hobbs could have like shut down the entire reyes operation in rio if he just shook reyes's hand the guy he's just, he's just like oh i cave like I, i'm good i'm good like we're no more drugs no more drugs <laughs> he just he squeezed it out of him literally what other terrible things or what other plot developments or you know entire whatever like what other trouble can you get out of just by squeezing someone's hand the rock could have just stolen all the cars from that guy by squeezing his hand Mm-hmm. Tej didn't need to buy him. He could just walk up and been like, let me shake your hand, and then just like squeeze him. He's like, I can have these for free now. Yeah, instead they like humiliate the guy by buying his clothes off of him and stuff. But no, yeah. I agree. Like, what is his grip strength? Oh, man, I can't wait for his movie because I just need to see how much more he can go through. Isn't he arm wrestling in it at some point? Don't they arm wrestle each other? Isn't that the trailer? They're like gonna arm wrestle at one point. Maybe I don't know, I but in so. this one, in this one, what I love about Hobbs is like he just throws himself into danger. Like he jumps from one car, the off, bridge off, down, yeah, off yeah. onto another car under a bridge, and then later he's gonna jump off of a car into the wheel well of the airplane. Like he's just total disregard for his body because he probably knows like he's indestructible. Is there metal skeleton like under under the head? Is there? I don't think that he's supernatural like Idris Elba is yet, but who knows? What else you got, Mike? When Brian goes to prison and he's yes. getting his mug shots, it says T Bridges, which I think oh, is a mm-hmm. reference to Todd Bridges. No, it's Tyrese and Chris Ludacris Bridges. Oh, okay. Oh, I was really? wondering what was up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what IMDb says. I mean, it could be anything, but IMDb says that it's you know the two the two rappers. 
Uh, okay. You know, they're, they're, they're I thought it was a shout-out reference to the uh, child actor, Todd Bridges, who unfortunately <laughs> spent some time in the joint as an adult. But oh, um, good That was a short one. And the other one that just popped out, and this I maybe spoilers for Captain Marvel. Can I still talk about this, or do you want to cut it out? So we're going to have a, a little bit of Captain Marvel spoilers here, so if you didn't see the movie, if you don't want it spoiled, skip ahead like 90 seconds. So like Shaw kind of does to Letty what happens to, like what Jude Law does to Captain Marvel, where like he finds this girl with amnesia that he knows that he could sort of gaslight into doing what he wants ah, for a yeah, certain amount of time. True. And like yeah. use her and like lie to her and basically turn her against her friends and stuff until... You know, someone on someone you from like her past makes her remember who she really was and stuff. So I races was like, oh. are back into memory. Races are memory back. Yeah, into like memory. I mean, that's not a that's like that's in Captain Marvel, but I mean, that's like in that's been going on you know for a long time. But uh, yeah. I just never noticed it before in this movie. But I think that's totally what's happening there. So. Did it help that the Hobbs and Shaw trailer played at the beginning of the Captain Marvel movie? <laughs> in Fast Five, we don't know as the audience that they switched the safes, right? But mm-hmm. the, the but they still sell ah, yeah. that, right? But here, Owen Shaw knows who she is, but when they get the pictures, they're like, you know, it's her and Dom, and the whole crew goes nuts. Like, he knows, but he still sells it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I guess it's sort of, again, kind of how Gina Carano is selling that, you know, oh, I found this guy. He was trying to break in over here or whatever. We better get the stuff out of here. Like, it's part of the con. I just like that Owen sells like he's so next level in theory of planning and of manipulation and of getting one over on his enemies that he's not even letting his family, in a sense, know everything he knows. Yeah, he's an evil mastermind. Like, you don't even keep the people closest to you in the loop. Yeah, because that's not his code. His code is precision. Right, like ah. you can't be emotional. You can't have that kind of attachment. I mean, he's not even. True. He didn't even bring his brother into this job, right? Like he. Well, you I, know, thought, I think that Decker thinks he's a little fuck. Is what we've developed. Well, we come to find out. Yeah, little brother, always cleaning up after your messes. Yeah, like I think that Dex just like off doing his own badass shit. Owen just dicking around, ruining it for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it took a call from his mother to be like, you know, your brother's in the hospital. There's a couple yeah. things you got to take care of. Well, yeah, because, you know, Mike, you were talking about how last episode you love envisioning a world where, like, you know, Deckard Shaw is just running around doing whatever. But, like, here, he's got no grudge against Dom, right? Because he's, right. he, he's just doing his own thing. Like, he's, you know, maybe he's working a retail job. Who knows? Um, probably not. He just doesn't have the, the, the urge to get revenge because Dom hasn't, you know, put his brother in the hospital yet. Deck has to be off doing something illegal. Like, he's running his own scam like this just somewhere else. Like, that's all I can imagine him doing. Or do you think that he had, he was, like, a mall security guard? No, well, we know he's, like, ex-Special Forces kind of stuff, I know, right? but, like, do you think he was, like, retired, like, Mike from Breaking Bad? Where he was, like, you know, ex-Special Forces, but he was, like, out of the game. I feel like he's probably, like, set for life financially and just does whatever he needs to do to either, like, pass as a normal life yeah. or just occupy his time, like... You know, spending nights at a at a parking garage or whatever. You know what I mean? Like exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, was he like, like he's got under his floorboards. He's got hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash or whatever. But you know, he just he's bored. One thing I noticed that was a little awkward editing, and I don't know if either of you caught this when they're bringing Brian into prison okay. and they get the mug shots taken. Uh, Stasiak is explaining the whole thing about how like you're only can be you can only be in here for 24 hours. After that, like I lose control of you. Blah 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 blah. So much of that is explained over, like, a way too long of a shot of the car pulling into the prison. So I wonder if, like, 
audiences or or maybe just not even audiences but like producers or whatever was like I don't understand why the stakes are as high as they are mm-hmm. and they had to add in more explanation about like you know what uh, I mean like it yeah. feels because like there's more voiceover where like Brian's getting his mugshot taken where it's actually things happening and I can see and this is just sort of movie making or whatever I can see them having like a shorter explanation where it's just stuff like that and then they're like well we need another we need another like 10 or 15 seconds and there's just a car just driving around and then the waiting at the gate for the gate to open and then the gate opening and then the car pulling in it's just like that feels so long yeah for like for really for nothing happening on screen it's just like <laughs> the the Stasiak being like well you got to do this you got to do this you can't do this and it's like okay now I understand like I understand why it's so important now, but it just feels like, you know, they either didn't get a shot they needed or things weren't clear enough or whatever, but uh, it was just, it was, I, I never caught that before. It was just like a weird little thing that I caught this time. I think you're totally right because we get Brian saying why he needs to go back to prison. As he's in prison, we have that voiceover of like, okay, you have 24 hours to get the Braga, get your info, get the hell out of here before anyone runs your fingerprints and know you're even here. And it's like, yeah kind of just said that to Dom gotta go to prison for 24 hours and talk to Braga be right back but yeah this movie's moving so fast you have to kind of keep reminding the audience like where we're at reorienting us a little bit and need uh, that good uh, lifetime movie technique well it reminded me Joey a little it. bit of uh, one of our favorite moments in Stolen I love Stolen that's a great movie when they've stolen the um the gold and they're going like across the river and they're just about out of reach of jurisdiction and they had like mm-hmm. that one ADR line over the river and it's just like what does that shot have to do with what he's talking about? <laughs> There's just no connection. But it feels like, you know, Stolen is, you know, a, a five or ten million dollar movie that they're just like, oh, we, you know, we that's got Nicholas Cage, Cage, we got Marlon Ackerman. One, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's such a great movie. That and Seeking Justice are the two Cage movies that, like, Mike and I know that we irrationally like way more than they actually good. Stolen. But like, but I feel like you know that's a movie where it's just like, oh shit, we didn't get it. Like, how can we? Let's just we have a, we have a picture. We've got footage of a car driving. Let's just do that. But here it's like this is like a multi hundred, like a, a multi hundred million dollar movie. And they use I, the I same know, technique. Figure it out exactly. Yeah. 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 Movie making 101. Well, Mike, what else you got? The last thing I just wanted to mention is like when they were doing Scar Talk, um, okay. one of the scars is um, Dom is like, you and Mia, like, I think he says they that Letty and Mia drove a car through a retaining wall or something yeah. on a highway. And like, <laughs> yeah. I want to see that flashback start a movie one day. Like, that would be amazing. I fully want them to do prequels and just recast a whole new cast of like, 18 year olds no don't well but then you know it has to take place in like the 90s is that yeah cool? like, the, 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 like I, I like the characters but I like the actors as the characters I don't like but they're gonna be somebody different like it's gonna be a different time so I just need a just, flashback like... I don't need a whole movie though I think a whole movie would be too much because it would be like a period piece and I kind of want these to be modern you know okay. like do that yeah. so yeah like, if we start it. a movie and it's, like, we see this yeah. guy driving a car... All I'm envisioning is that every kid from Stranger Things becomes a character. And no, just do but I don't want that. Like I, like, I love Mia, but I love Jordana Brewster as Mia. She just... I don't want... God damn it, stop it. Just stop <laughs> Stop with your nonsense. But it would just be funny where it's like, you know, you see this, you see the opening of a movie and it's like, what the hell's going on? There's some like buff teenager, but he's got a full head of hair and then he gets into a crash and someone's like, Dominic Toretto? And it's like, holy exactly. shit. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, see? That sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but that I'm saying, real just, bad. just one, just, just like a moment. I don't need the whole movie. You guys don't need to watch the backstory. I just want them to make it for me. I'm going to add it to the to the playlist and then I'll watch it when I need to. <laughs> okay. You know one thing that I uh, a line that I noted here at the end when 
uh, when when Gina Carano turns heel after Shaw says you come and babe and she says of course I wouldn't miss it for the world it just reminded me just the, like the word like the babe just reminded me of get out where it's just like oh no so yeah. I guess spoilers for, spoilers for get out yeah but it's just like oh like this person we thought was on our side no, no definitely not I hate that heel turn I've gotten to the point now where mm. like I firmly remember it but like every time that I watch this movie for like the past like before we started this yeah. I would just block out that she's like I'm like oh why do I not like her and I'd be uh, like yeah that's why I think she's really good in this actually like the first she is kind she of she's good I, that's, yeah. I hate the character that's the best temptation like you know what I mean that's mm-hmm. the best no but I like her because I, I, I think that she serves an important role because I think we just had the rock pick like hand pick the one cop the one honest cop in Rio right like in a, in a city full of like hundreds or thousands of police officers that yeah, ostensibly... So did he just get lucky, or does he, like, does he have shit recognition Well, no, because that's, well, that's, that's, that's where I think it's interesting, because, like, we see that The Rock is, like, bulletproof in terms of he can pick the one person he needs on the side, and here, it's like, oh, we got that intuition again, she's, again, she's exactly who he needs, and then he's so wrong, he's wrong, like, there's no, like, it's, so you I like think it says a lot about the it. character, yeah, I like that the, the movie mm-hmm. sort of, in a way, references the previous movie, especially with Elena in this one. I like that, too. I think, I think that's a major reason why he ends up helping Dom and putting a gun to the head of that good guy at the end, and he's like, you know, like, we're gonna go take care of this and make things right, because he was so wrong, he's gotta make things right, you know, it's crazy. You're right, it does make it easier to believe that he comes over to the family, yeah. Like, if he's like, if I can make him, it makes him human and mortal by making a mistake. I can see that. By this point, we trust his judgment. So when she makes the turn, I was really shocked. Cause I First was like, time Damn. I saw it, I agree. Yeah. I was like, because The Rock has, like, such good, like, judgment in people and care stuff. But, like, wow. Because I also think that the scene itself is set up so well that the obvious thing that you're supposed to expect is that Letty is going to go back to him. Like, it's like, yeah. this is the moment where, like, does yes. Letty stay with the family or go back? And then, so you're so focused on, like, where's Letty's allegiance fall that you're not even thinking, I don't think, unless you've seen the nope. movie before or whatever, that, like, there could be another twist here. And I think it works on a few levels. Plus, you know, uh, we talked about this, I think, past laps too, but Mike and I obviously covered Haywire for Cinemakers. You and I, Joe, are going to cover Haywire for Magic Mike's. Oh. Uh, Gina Carano is just so goddamn good in that movie. Really? Um, yeah, she's good in so, it. She's so good in it. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. not good in everything. Like she's there's this movie called In the Blood, I think, which is very very bad. Um, but she's so so good in Haywire. And Haywire is just incredible as a movie. And so I just can't really, I can never hate her or hate her character because you know she's she's got unlimited you know cred in my eyes because of Haywire. Ooh. I like it. Plus, you know, you know, MMA and like, especially knowing that Ronda Rousey is going to be in Furious Seven, where she's like, Terrible "I was getting actor. pretty bored" or whatever. It's just like, oh boy, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she's really, really bad. She does equally as bad on WWE all the time. <laughs> just saying. She's no Paige or whatever Paige's actual. Was Paige her actual name? I have no idea. Fighting with my family, girl. Was that good? Was that fun? It was fun. I, I mean, it was very predictable, and I cried at the end. I cried like kind of a lot at the end. Huh. Like, happy tears. Okay. That's cool. It's just, like, it's very... I take it she made it into the WWE? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm kidding. She's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the whole movie. It's the whole point of the movie, but, like, the whole th- the whole thing is that, like, um, it's spoilers, I guess, for fighting with my family, but, like, she wins the Divas Championship in her first match. And, like, it's just this whole... Oh, that's cool. Like, it's just how it happened. Like, but it's she just scripted. Was... Yeah, it, but it is, but it's also, like, you need to win the crowd. Like, if the crowd was firmly not on her side at all... You have to turn. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, but like this, this woman that she had fought was the champion for like either like a year or two years, like this un, like incredible undisputed champion. Like she just kept winning bouts or whatever. And she just defended the night before. And then at the end, 
you know, Paige goes and she wins, and like it's just so cathartic and just it's like cutting back and forth to her family and stuff. It's just That's it's cool. beautiful. Like it's just it's really the movie itself is fine, but like the end, I just sobbed. Plus the rocks in it uh, as the rock. Dude, we've ruined a lot of movies in this. This three, episode, yeah, no, huh? but we we sort of you know we. Hey man. Yeah, whatever works. What can you do? Uh, okay, so uh, what else, what other notes do you have? I have some some cool trivia, but I don't want to get to the trivia yet. Uh, if we still have more of the movie to talk about during the runway fight, I didn't take a, a lot of notes, but I had one because every time it happens, I cheer, and that is Dom's flying headbutt. Mm. Yes, that's yes. amazing. <laughs> It's a really good picture, and we need to save that for some point because I like it a lot too. I agree, Mike. Joe, do you have a favorite moment in the runway chase? <sighs> While you think about it, I'll give you mine. Good. Mine is when Letty and Gina Carano are. Uh, what's her name? Mike Riley? Is it Riley? Yeah. When uh, Letty and Riley are there, and Letty kicks her ass and just says, Wrong team, bitch. And Riley looks so up many at Hobbs, and Hobbs is just like, What are you going to do? And then she harpoon guns her or whatever out of the plane. Out of the plane. plane. Yeah, she harpoons her out of the plane. It's just so, like, Hobbs is, like, just, Hobbs' face sells it. Like, it's a cool enough line, you know, it's a gruff enough line from Letty, but it's also, like, Hobbs is saying, like, you fucked me over. Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to stop her. Yeah. Exactly. Which also shows his character that's, like, he's coming to the bad side. Like, you know, he's not trying to save He's no longer Anyone. lawful good. He's like neutral good or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Or, or maybe even just neutral or good. New, I don't know. Something. I don't understand D and D. I think my favorite. There's so much good in there. I can't. I think my favorite part of that is just the the pilot and how confused he is the whole time <laughs> and how he's yeah. just gonna die. Like and he how yeah. committed he is. Of flames. But like the, like everything that's happening, he's like, what the fuck's on the left? And then like he's like, what the fuck's on the right? Like all these cars drove up on you, dude. Like you know what they're trying to do. Like and just take take the fucking plane up. Well, that's what he tries to do at the end, right? Yeah. He's like, just go. Yeah. Just Twenty go minutes later, that's my that's my favorite part. I can't I can't like narrow down like one action piece. It's just the pi- just like pay attention to like what the pilot's doing. It's just so chaotic the whole time. And all he needed to do was just like pull the fucking thing back and be like, and just take the plane up in the air. But so one of the uh, crazy bits of trivia. It's a scene that I'm watching right now, but it's when they go back to the warehouse, their lair or whatever, okay. um, before Riley joins Shaw, but like when we still think that she's one of the good guys. Okay. Brian goes up to Letty and it's just like, you know, I want you to know you might not remember, but this is all happening because I did you dirty. Like, you know, you're here, yeah. you know, I wanted you as an informal, all this different stuff. Apparently, and I think this is true because I can't think of an example, this is the first time that Brian and Letty ever talk to each other. No oh. way. Like, directly. Like they, 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 they might be, like, talking in a group, yeah. but they're never one-on-one talking until this, which is, Whoa. again, Letty's not in two, neither's in three, Letty dies in four, Letty's not in five, so it's like, they don't talk in one, and she's separated here, so, like, there's not a lot of opportunities, but it just feels, again, like... How separated is she from the narrative that, like, she's not with her? Yeah, that's so strange. But now that you think about it, like, she's always with Dom or at least someone else if Brian's there. Yeah. It's never – she's never alone with Brian. But at the same time, like, we – this is this was the greatest movie for this, like we were talking about earlier, that, like, you get a lot of weird matchups in this one. Yeah. Like, you don't – you never see Tyrese and Han before or after this – well – I guess there wasn't really opportunity, but still. Crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. Yeah. Like, you don't see them together either, so. Right. 
Mike, do you have any other notes? Any other things? I know that we, we, I, as time goes on, you know, I think we sort of have to, you know, just keep in mind that we've talked about everything before. But yes, you know, this is this is your opportunity to talk about this movie. So what else do you want to? I know, I know, um, and I'm trying not to take forever tonight either. So I just want to pick out like You're some fine. of uh, the the more yeah, nothing but ones. time. While you look, um, I will say that Paul Walker obviously died while making Seven. And I, I do remember yeah. that I saw this movie in theaters. This came out in May, and I saw it in theaters, and I loved it. Like, you know, I, I wrote down – I think I talked about this on, the, on the, maybe the first lab, Joe, was that, like, I wrote on Facebook, like, this might be the greatest movie that's ever been made. Like, it's just so goddamn good. Yeah. And then I watched it six months later, you know, the same month that Paul Walker died, and I was like, oh. it, it, it hurt. It didn't work for me because I was just like, it's too sad. Like, it's too – it just it, – it hurts. And, uh, you know, now I've obviously, because I think the way that Seven handles it all and just the fact that I love these movies and love the character and I think it's a good way to honor his memory just by watching these movies, all of that said, the reason I'm bringing all that up is because previous sponsor, Joe, Reach Out Worldwide, apparently Universal had announced that when, after he died, that a portion of the Blu-ray and DVD sales were going to go to Reach Out Worldwide. So, like, I don't know how much it was. Uh, I don't know if they cooked, you know, 1% or half a percent or less or whatever. Yeah. But they, they donated money to his charity, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool, so. That is very cool. I mean, if they good even gave Universal. them, you know, a tenth of a percent, fuck. I feel good about uh, spending $100 in your gift shop because of that. Yeah, hey, amen. What you got, Mike? They globetrot a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Canary Islands, Russia, England, all over the place. That's really cool. More Scar Talk. Uh, Dom and Letty have matching scars they got the last night they saw each other from the reef when they went swimming. That's right. So that's romantic. I love, oh my god, okay, one of my favorite moments in all of the series, because it's so great, is um, when it's at the end, when they're at the picnic, and Hob shows up. Uh, Roman goes, he goes, uh, Mia, you better hide all that baby oil. And then fucking Hobbs goes, better hide that big ass forehead. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my I love that favorite. scene. Jordan he... talked about that last lap too. And IMDb confirms that that was totally improv. The Rock improving it. And so Ludacris' spit take was real because he just didn't expect uh, a, a retort out. like that. But yeah, it's just. I love it. They even I talk agree. about it. They talk about earlier in the movie, they talk about Roman. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they really mm-hmm. talk about Roman's forehead or Tyrese's, I guess, Tyrese's forehead in other movies, but earlier in the movie, they the talk Rock about, brings you know, it up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a callback to that. I just, I just love it. Like it just, that's, those are the kind of moments where it's like, nothing's really happening, but also so much is happening because it's, you know, the characters that we love making fun of each other. So yeah. And they just all have such a great cross dynamic, you know, like everybody. They do. It's fam. It's familial yeah. to make fun of like your friend is, is very familial, you know, like you have to, the little nudge at them that makes it all the more real. How did we just go from Giselle's dead to a barbecue? Like, why are they having a barbecue so quickly? Like, we should at least get a funeral, yeah. right? Like, justice for Giselle. Justice for Giselle. Seriously, yeah. like, Han, Han's just expected to, like, go eat barbecue now? Like, that's it's just cool. Everybody's back. Like, we're good. Squatted up. And, like, my girlfriend just died. Like, Is Han at man. the barbecue? Yeah, he's there. Okay. And, yeah, uh, I'll be, like, super sad, man. Yeah, he is super sad looking. And Tej and Roman are like, whatever you want, man. Like, we got your back. And he's like, I think I'm going to head to Tokyo. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I do think that there is... You know, when when somebody goes through grief or trauma or whatever, I think there's there's something to be said about just trying to take your mind off it. True. And like, you know, yeah. we don't we don't want necessarily like throw a party, but like, hey, I know that like let's you just do lost normal stuff love, to get back in the swing. But yeah, okay, like, like well, let's all hang out. Let's you know try to do like try to get back to what we were doing. Word, I can see that. Yeah, yeah that they're makes back sense. at thirteen twenty seven, so it's like yep. true. Oh, it's so you're back occasion. at home. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. You guys swayed me. I get it. 
so Joe, I teased it earlier when you mentioned um, Han's motorcycle is the same as his car. The paint job is the same as his car Ooh, in Tokyo Drift. Okay, yes. So in when they go to the car auction here, Tej makes fun of Hobbs. He says, "Oh, he can he reads the brochure. I'm proud. Like you know, Hobbs. Because I think the only time maybe in any movie where he's just like talking about cars and like trying to like show off like hey, I know cars. Like I'm I'm a car guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently in Tokyo Drift, uh, there's some high schooler who's talking like shit about. I think maybe. It might have been Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It might have been Tool Time. Or okay. not John. Or Brian. Whatever. No, yeah. not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The other guy. Whatever. The other one. Yeah. Tool Brad, Time's kid. Brad. 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 <laughs> yeah. But he says something, and Sean Boswell says, wow, you can read the brochure. And so I just think that there's oh. like a funny, like, this snobbery kind of from car guys that are just like, oh, like, yeah, you can say facts. Like, you read the, you read the brochure, but like, you don't know how to tune an engine. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah, I get it. But that's I just think that's cool. cool. Like, once again, referencing an earlier movie that just not only bringing Han back with the same kind of reminiscent, but also just lines and whether that's intentional or not, but it's, it's cool. But I also yeah. noticed that shot, like from the beginning of three, when Sean flips his car and it's like the Tabasco sauce floats in front of his face and stuff. Like, I feel like we get that shot like once or twice in this movie too, where it's like, Cause we inside. get Brian flip. We get yeah. Brian flip the car. So yeah. I now I definitely see it there. The whole like you know upside down camera angle type thing. That's crazy too in that London chase. Like everyone gets really fucked up in that in that chase. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I don't know what the like the contract negotiation time frame time frame was. I don't know if it was announced before. But like this is Justin Lin's last movie. Uh, for I mean he's gonna he's coming back for nine and ten. But like then also maybe Hobbs and Shaw maybe not. I don't know. No, Hobbs and Shaw is David Leach I think right the guy who did the Tom yeah. Bond. Yep. But he's coming back for nine and ten. But he started with three. He's ending with six. Maybe he knew this was gonna be his last one for a while. So maybe he wanted to, you know, pay respect to the the movie that started him on this franchise. You know what I mean? So That's cool. I can yeah. see that all being intentional choices on his part. Like Tokyo Drift might not be. a fan favorite like obviously we love it but like but i want to just respect the movie that like because it was so itself and so good and so unique and whatever he's still here four movies later three movies later on the fourth movie right so i can just see that kind of being like a paying respect to where he came from yeah little little nod touch back there it's nice because it gives the series just like a visual continuity too i mean i notice it like nowadays they try and do it with star wars too where it's like you know they want you to remember the old movies and they'll do a shot that references that and stuff but like this is cool because it, i don't know i like a visual continuity or something yeah I, yeah I i think there's something to be said about that i noticed it with the mugshot thing like the way it was like chopped together if it, it oh was yeah very and um, the, the subtitles like that is very unique like um you know the way in the they, middle of the screen and stuff yeah and they go flying off screen when someone else starts talking stuff. It's yeah. almost like they're racing subtitles. Well, that's true. Yeah, it is. They de- they definitely have some speed to them. I wonder what the font's called. Speed to cruise control? Speed to cruise control. <laughs> so, there, we talked about this last time about in Fast Five when they're racing through the streets of Rio with the safe behind them. We saw that little kid on the bus. Mm-hmm. That was Justin Lin's kid. Uh, apparently, his kid is also on the double-decker bus yep. in the uh, street race here. So, it's the same kid ah. traveling from Brazil to London. Oh, um, that's to- awesome. So it's just another cool, like, uh... Dude, if oh, I look, made movies, I would put my kids in all the movies. If I had kids. I'd put my cats in all the movies. Yeah, I mean, like, if you have the, you have the power to do whatever. Like, there, like, there's, like, one thing that just is burned in my brain forever for whatever reason is that Chris Carter, the guy who created the X-Files... Yeah. His wife was born on October 13th. So any time you see a clock on the X-Files generally speaking, it's set to 1013. It's uh, like, oh, that's my wife. It's like saying hi to his wife. It's just like, yeah. it has nothing to do with anything, but it's just like, it could be anything, but he chooses to be a certain thing to, you know, say hi to the person he loves or whatever. So like, including your kid. Exactly. I guess including your cats. Super whatever. cool. 
I think it would be awesome. I, if I had the power to do that, I, th- I would be very proud, and I would definitely like to put some shit like that in the movies, you know? Just like a little nod to like anybody that you have love for. It's the power of movies. Power of movies. Uh, Jason Statham and David Tennant were both considered to play Owen Shaw before Luke Evans signed on, but then Jason Statham obviously would go on to play Deckard Shaw, but David Tennant probably best known for Mike being a doctor, right? Doctor, doctor Who. Who. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't really know the actor here playing uh, Shaw. I, I haven't, I don't Luke think Evans? I've seen any of his stuff. Yeah, I think this is what I know him from. Let's what see is he now. in? Yeah, I was just wondering the same thing. After Most known on for playing for Dracula Untold, he's oh, Gaston yeah, in the new Beating the Beast. Uh, he plays oh. Bard or Geryon in the Desolation of Smaug. Oh, right, he was one of the hobbits. Yeah, he was one of the dwarves, I think. So his his first thing was in 2003, but then his next thing was in 2009. So he's really only been around for like a little under, like about a decade. He's been in 39 things, which considering how much stuff is made today, it's not a ton, you know? Yeah. But he it, movies that I've heard of, uh, Clash of the Titans, Robin Hood. Again, I don't know if these are big, big roles or not. Uh, Three Musketeers, Immortals, uh, Desolation of Smaug, Battle of the Five Armies, um, all yeah, the Fast and Furious stuff. He's in High Rise with... Uh, Tom Hiddleston. That's a good The Girl movie. on the Train, Beauty and the Beast, Fate of the Furious, Professor Marston, and The Wonder Woman. Oh, he is Professor Marston, I think, which is a very good movie. Wildly different from these movies. But yeah, he's the star of that. But I feel like this is kind of what rose him to prominence, which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. First Giselle, now him. Nice. He's also on that new show. He's on that new show, The Alienist, which mm. is with him and uh, Dakota Fanning, which I tried to watch, and I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, not that it's bad, it's just, you know, wasn't my cuppa if you will. <laughs> uh, what else you got, Mike? Uh, not much. Let me see. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I always love it at the end, in the wreckage of the plane, and Dom is just walking out of the fire in silhouette. He and is like, the man on fire. Yeah, and he's got the goober in his hand. He's got the nightshade device, and every, like, everything is perfect. You know, like, that survived. Like, what is, what is it? Can't that have just been destroyed and you know, all good, but like, no, he saved no. the nightshade and everything. Like everything. I almost expected everything. him to have one of the pilots over his shoulder, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be really awesome. Yeah. The only other little bit of trivia that I have, and I think this is what we were talking about before when Wes wrote in about the commentary for Fast Five that he wants us to get to eventually. But yes, um, Fast and Furious Six. This movie apparently the tank chase was originally envisioned to be CGI. And Justin Lin was like, no, we're going to do this practically. And then, you know, if we need to, sweeten it a little bit in post. But we're going to do this as practically as we can. So mm. shout out to him. Because I mean, you can awesome. tell. Like, even if you don't really know, like, even if you don't know the, the making of movies and stuff, like, you can tell, like, when things look real. Because they are real. You know what I mean? So yeah. Justin Lin really brought, like, an authenticity of these that I think just, you know, whether whether or not you like the original racing movies or you like the new, more action-y movies than racing movies, I think you have to admire the fact that, like, this is, like, they're actually doing a lot of this action, which I think is really cool. Yeah. That's a really amazing moment, too, like, when Roman is stuck in front of the tank, and it's, like, running him over, and Roman, like, gets out and starts surfing, like, his car, and then Brian fucking comes and, like, saves his life, and it's, like, bros, you know? Like, they're best friends and stuff, so, like... That was a great moment to see Brian save him and him be so excited and stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, that's fast. That's part two. You know, I'm living like a moment from part two. Uh, so I thought that was And I think Brian also gives the finger again in this one. So like another sort of callback, Brian yeah. giving the finger. Joe, do you have any other notes about Fast and Furious 6 before we uh, move on to what we close up with? No, I don't. We got through all of mine. Um, 
as as I went on. I interjected them. So we have two games to play, of course. We have this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So I don't know if either, either of you have found tweets already, but no, we're going either. to go to Twitter. We're going to find uh, tweets that, in theory, someone could like, retweet, respond, or email us from, basically trying to find new listeners, try to bully people into listening. Yeah. So last episode, mm-hmm. Joe, uh, you found... Let me actually get this up for a second. That cam girl. Yes, you found uh, Kylie Jean MFC. Why does every podcast claim they're the number one podcast? Oh, Boy, God. do we have a podcast for you. And? Nothing. <laughs> Unfortunately. Mike, you found Xavier Renee Payton at Papa Zay. Hey, at Netflix, can you please add more Fast and Furious movies? Thanks. Boy, do the podcast for you. Nothing. Damn. I found Faith at Norm in AHFM. Han and Giselle from the Fast and Furious deserve better. Currently on an emotional roller coaster after watching the first six movies. Now up to the seventh, knowing damn well Paul Walker isn't alive. Whew. I am going to cry my eyes out. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. Oh, for three that time, guys. We uh, swung hard. Golden Sombrero. Three strikeouts there. Fast and Furious 6. Mike, you have this episode two more. Okay. To to add to your apparently, you know, second place total now. So do either of you have a tweet yet or should we? uh, Here we go. Read it out. Okay. This is from Dema Trademarked at Dame. Demzy, D-H-E-M-Z-I. Yep. Watching Fast and Furious 6 again. This is where it all happened. From street racers, hustlers, to an extended family with we die here or we leave together mentality. It's obvious now why I need me a letty to my dom. Dot, dot, dot. Boy! Do we have do a, a podcast, podcast for you? Yeah, so I like this tweet because it's specific to the movie. And I think he's right. This is where it really... You know, we're, there's there's no turning back now. Like, it is, you know, it can only get bigger. Yeah. Okay. On a completely different turn, <laughs> my tweet is uh, at uh, it's <laughs> Wall Street Tavern at WS Tavern. Join us tonight for the musical talents of the Shaw Brothers from 7 to 10. Hashtag live music. Hashtag Watch Street Tavern. Hashtag Circleville. Hashtag Ohio. Boy, Watch Street Tavern, do we have a podcast for you. Yeah, they posted that seven hours ago, and there's been two likes. Well, I mean that's you know better than a lot of my tweets, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I do want to, I like, I do think an easy five points is just like that's not what we're talking about. Like just like a response, like I don't think you're in the right place. (laughs) I just, I just hope that everyone thinks that it's just a bot, right? Like that's what I want people to be like and be like, what the fuck kind of algorithm do they have? that like they respond to this shit you know what i mean because mm-hmm. if you like looked back you wouldn't know anything about what happened so i'm having problems for some reason a lot of my my tweets that i'm finding are coming back in uh in spanish like i mean it's not i got a lot of spanish ones this time too i did i got a lot of spanish ones really <laughs> i just like this one i this is from february i don't think this person's going to respond go for it from at jenna otrando honey bun on twitter Okay. I'm going to put this here so you guys take a look at it. My goal in life is to be financially stable, happy with myself, live a life with my husband like Mia and Brian from Fast and Furious, have 10 dogs and a huge makeup room. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Like, I just like, I mean, I don't think this person's going to respond, but I like 
the idea of like whenever somebody references something that I really like in something that has no, like there's no reason for her to reference Brian and Mia here unless she loves these movies. I just like that when it's sort of you know when that happens. So yeah. boy, do we have a podcast for you. Amen. Nice. All right, Mike, we've got one more game to play. This is uh, the car guessing game. That's right. You helped give the clues last time, so mm-hmm. you're going to guess tonight. And I think, if I remember right, Wes made it a little bit more difficult. Oh, oh great. Because this one is probably going to be He also really enjoyed tricky. you guessing for A-Rod, by the way. We oh, he said he got A-Rod same. right away. He only knows two baseball players. So like, He's like, so maybe... He's like, he says something about like that. I was like, yeah, but that's the point. Like, that's <laughs> You only know, like, a, like if, if, you, if you only know five baseball players... You know A-Rod, so just guess A-Rod. But yeah. you went with Bernie Williams, Mike, so that's I, I can never forget. <laughs> I can't believe A-Rod announced his engagement later that week, and maybe I was wondering if that's if he was like having a meeting with his account and being like, should I get a prenup? Should I ever sign something? And that's Ooh, what Joey witnessed. Wow, like, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> You're right. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it. Wes says, this one is probably going to be pretty tricky, but I wanted to tie it into Fast and Furious 6. Okay. And I also wanted to pick a European car because I don't know if I ever have. Oh. I'll be honest, I'm not particularly interested in European cars, so this one is kind of boring to me, even though Jeremy Clarkson apparently called it, quote, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Jeremy Clarkson? I'm Top Gear. Top Gear. Top Gear, top yeah. Gear. Okay. Well, now Grand Tour on Amazon, but yeah. It Just is, European. I believe it's I believe it's British. Let me take a look at this on Google. What side is the steering wheel on? This is tough. Uh, steering wheel's on the right side. On the, on the well, no. The steering wheel, it looks like two different pictures, two different sides. So I guess it, it was could an be import either. too. Okay. So it's in this movie. Okay. It is, here's a hint, it's one of the cars Tej buys. Oh. So that's where it ties in here. Wes circled it for me. Okay. Um, it's one of the cars. The car in the movie is black. Oh, okay. I think okay. I picture it. I just don't know what it's called. You know, I just the the pictures he sent in. Let me actually take a look at these bigger. Uh, the picture is it's a purple. It's it's a very dark purple. It's like a, a dark a licorice purple. almost. Okay. Hmm. So here's a, here's a great hint that I don't I I can't believe I haven't given before. Uh, the front of it looks like a face. Uh, the headlights look like <laughs> eyes. The grill looks like a mouth. Uh, it's got a okay. logo in the middle that looks like a nose. Um, Adorable. It's a very cute car. Is it an MG? No. Is that a is that a make? Is that a company? Yeah, MG. I need to figure out. Is it an Alfa Romeo? No. A- Aston Martin? No. It's a it's a. Oh boy. So this is what's confusing to me. Okay. It's that it it's I think it's a. It is a Brit maybe like a British. No, their headquarters. Their headquarters were in Michigan. Huh. What is. Shout out Detroit. Fiat? No, it's so here's the thing. It's it's a it's a manufacturer that I didn't know was a manufacturer. It's a very it's a it's a it's a common noun. Not like super common, but it's like it's a regular it's a common noun that's also doubles as a company name. But I didn't know that they made cars. Interesting. Uh one, it's one of the cars Tesh purchases at auction. Um the cost starts around one million or one point two five million for the coupe, which is what Lotus West sent a picture in. No, it's not I know I know Lotus. Not not that you would know that I know Lotus, but I know Lotus. So it's a two door coupe. It looks like there's there's a little space in the backseat. I don't know if there's actually seats behind the driver and the passenger. Okay. The logo, here's a hint of the logo. It's sort of like a I'm not gonna well, it's sort of oval ish or sort of like slightly rounded rectangular. Uh red, it looks like. On the grill there's a circular red logo. Okay. The headlights in the front, there are the, it's a very big, if you will, eye-like white like headlights. 
Is it a British car? That's it's. I'm trying to figure out. West says it's a British car. I don't know that it is. Um, okay. It was a. It's a marquee. marquee how do you say M A R Q U E? It's like a brand. That's just a brand. I don't know, man. I'm a little stumped. Either. I think it's. So I think what it might be. It's a. It's a European version, or European sort of maker model kind of of an American car. And the version that it's tried to. So the 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 big hint. I guess the biggest hint that West gives is that it's a bespoke build slash improvement of the Jaguar E-Type built by this company in Great Britain. So maybe they have a, a, a okay. factory over there too. But from what I'm looking at I on I didn't know on that Wiki, Jaguar had like another spin-off anything. Opal? But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. When you Google the car, it's one of the most stunning new cars that money can buy. Technically, it's based on the Jaguar E-Type, but the team at this company has improved it in every way. It's got the jaw-dropping beauty of the original Jag, but it drives like a modern car. Mm. So definitely, so the car looks like it's from the 60s, but I guess it's a new car. It's like some kind of kit car that you like, okay. It's like retro styling. It's retro styling. It's very smooth and rounded and very low profile. Uh, The windshield is very small. Um, It's probably the windshield, I would guess, is probably only like a foot tall. The the seats are very low in the car, Um, so there's not much windshield there. At least in the, in the coupe version that I'm looking at, the back has a dual exhaust in the middle. There's the brake lights are kind of I guess unique, but not in a way that I think would identify it. Unless maybe they're sort of very thin and long and kind of wrap around the side a little bit. They go from red to orange. I don't it's know, really, man. I'm lost. Really... I would have had it at Jaguar. I don't know what Jaguar makes. Like, what so car this is like so this? so it is. It's an Eagle Speedster. Eagle. Hmm. Eagle. No way, dude. They used to make old fucking Eagles. Like so old, Eagle, old. Eagle is a marquee or a mark of the Chrysler company following the yeah. purchase of American Motor Corporation. Dude, the fucking Eagle Talon. Oh, God, this car. <laughs> Do you remember the Eagle Talon? No. So here's the picture from the movie. He he circled it in I thought red. Eagle died forever ago. Jesus Christ. I wonder if they're still alive. It's a really pretty yeah, car. it looks awesome. Yeah, that's, that's gorgeous. You see how it looks, like, it looks like a face? Yeah, it does. No, you're dead on. It, it Nothing helps, McQueen. but like it's the, it's the most facey of a car that we've had, I think. I think so. But yes, yeah, so, I mean that that was tough. I, I again, like I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong or maybe Wes was wrong, but I feel like no, it's, I don't. It, it, it does. It looks like a British car. It looks like a '60s British car. It yeah, does. It looks like something Bond would drive. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Wes. I you know we we stumped Joe too here. I don't know how to better describe that because it, it is kind of like unremarkable. Like it's very minimal. Yeah, and I would I would never I would have never gotten Eagle because okay Do you so know Eagle? Eagle you knew, you knew Eagle. Yes, because they used to make this car, the Eagle Talon, which was essentially a fucking Mitsubishi Eclipse. It was like the exact same car. It was oh, a Mitsubishi okay. car. Like you know when companies do this, like they'll make the car and then another like they used to do this. Like they'll make one car and then another company would make pretty much the identical car but call it something else. Yeah. And the parts were all interchangeable. Yeah, there was an Eagle Talon, and it was a Mitsubishi Eclipse. So I guess this or is just. So how, how, how do you think something. knowing knowing how car companies operate, sort of? How do you think that the Jaguar E Type fits in here? It's just like is it, it's the same company or it's a different company? I don't understand where that comes from. I don't know how it works. Like, but I know the Eagle was building cars that just were essentially Other the cars? same. No, they yeah. were just like they never built like an original car. It was always like Eagle was just another version of a car that already existed. Right, that, that's what I was trying to say. I guess I, yeah. I guess I misspoke. But yeah, they're just like taking something else and just like, hey, we're doing it now. Yeah, and the car company would be like totally okay. I, I don't know what the rules are. Maybe it's like if they build it in a different market, it's fine, you know? But like there's Mitsubishi Eclipses here, and then there's Eagle Talons here. So like maybe one was built in America and one was built in Japan. 
or something. Like one was imported, one wasn't. I don't know what the rules are or anything like that. Gotcha. That's yeah, a cool know, car, though. It's a really, it's cool. a really nice looking car. Yeah, I would drive it. I appreciate his thoughtfulness in terms of relating it to the movie. Um, it just you know, I, I don't know if I just didn't Google it right or whatever, but it's just, I would have never got tough. Eagle. Yeah. I just it just ne- I would have never got it. Like even like if I would have gotten it, it would have been on like the Jaguar tip, and like and I had no idea. Like, I just didn't even know Eagle still existed, but that was a really tough one. Thank you, Wes, for running in. If you have a car picture that you want us to guess, that you want you to guess, that I, you know, in my minimal car knowledge you want me to describe, family at cageclub.me. I still have fun. Send in your rankings, your thoughts on this episode. We are going to record again in about two and a half weeks, so you've got time. Actually, two and a half weeks from when we're recording, so we'll probably record about a week after the episode comes out. So if you want to email in family at cageclub.me, leave us a review on iTunes. Head over to Patreon. Help us fund our one three two seven party. It's happening. Whether we have to yeah. pay for it out of pockets or not, we would love happen. for you to be there. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us for this ride-along lap. Once again, we've got two more episodes. One great movie and one not-so-great movie. But maybe <laughs> one of these times we'll be like, oh, now I love Fate of the Furious. Yeah, we're, it's going to click, I think, eventually. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be this time. I mean, for me, so far, this lap, it's been part four has really moved up on that list for me so far, but I've been having so much fun riding along with you guys, and this was we a lot of fun you tonight. In the seat, brother. Yeah, it was great rewatching six every time I, I could watch. Oh man, I could watch this forever. So, and, and you guys will be watching it forever. So, we will be. We will. I hope. I hope that you are mentally, if not on Letterboxd or wherever, keeping a list of your order, your ranking, because when we do Fate of the Furious, we're going to have you at the end of that episode mm-hmm. rank the eight movies again. Because I think you, yep. you wrote in a while ago with your rankings. We might have quizzed you again here at the beginning of the lap. But yep. at the end, after we talk about talk about them all over the span of like three or four months, we need to know where they all fall. So just get ready. Get the, get the wheels a turning in your brain, because in two episodes... We're coming for you. I'll be ready. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, and all 25 shows on the podcast network, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash forever. If you want me and Mike to, to watch a movie that's not Fast and Furious, uh, go to patreon.com slash cageclub, and you can control us over there if you want to do that. Control uh, check out our, us. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash forever. The important thing, family at cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever, and patreon.com slash forever. Just say hi. You know, email in. We'd love to hear from you. You know, shout out Justin for writing in. New listener, new yeah, writer in her. appreciate inner. it, man. Uh, shout out Wes. Shout out Cassie. Shout out Adult Spice on Patreon. <laughs> All of you who make the mailbag what it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks, of course, with Furious 7. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was the Mikester. And we will be back in two weeks on April 9th for Furious 7, right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Uh.